Folks, welcome to Talking Crit with myself, Eric Tenkar, my usual partner in crime, hanging out on the bottom part of your screen, Bad Mike. Oh, he doesn't even fucking hear us, so fuck him. Um, Bad, Bad Mike is absorbed in his own world. And none other than Ben Burns, new comic games, multiple... Oh, now, now Mike's here. Multiple more. <laughs> well, you know, you know Mo- this, this Mo- online Scrabble Mo- game isn't going to solve itself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> mo- mo- multiple Three Castle Awards winner, Ben thank Burns, you. New Comic Games. So, Ben, thank you for joining us. All right, no problem. Thanks for yeah, having we, me on. We broke his streak this year because we're not giving an award this year. We, we ruined his he, – he had a three oh, for – Oh, three for so- streak. <laughs> this year doesn't count. So, I, <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to roll over next year. You'll be okay. If right, that, that's year, why you're bad, Mike. I understand now. <laughs> yeah, I actually delayed my next book a month so that I don't double up in one year. Well, now you'll have to, you, well, you know, you could, you could submit two things in a year. So you could submit uh, your new, uh, your old one and your new Corsair. So you'll be fine. You, you'll have two submissions uh, for next year. Well, double the, I already double got the pleasure there. <laughs> I'm already going to win the next one. So for those who don't know, those who don't know, Ben does not like to lose. <laughs> and, and he, he doesn't. And whether it be Chariots or Gladiator or what. And by the way, Ben, I want you to know something. This was not me, but I'm going to do this because Doug Ray's my pal. He said, oh, <laughs> we were just talking about you guys. Uh, bring up to Ben how um, how I beat him in the gladiator or in the uh, in the uh, chariot race. I said, "Nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin this by doing that." I'm not gonna bring that up. Uh, that was three years ago. That was he old t- news. He told me how, but it was one of those things where like eight things had to go right for him to win. And damned if all eight things did. Doug is boop, so boop, lucky boop, boop. in stupid things like that. Like somebody had to roll a six, and then somebody else had to roll a six. Well, first of all, Rob had to choose somebody's name out of the, the hat before somebody else, and then somebody had to roll a six, and somebody else had to roll. I mean, it was crazy. So so he, he beat you on that, and he was he he said, boy, Ben got up at the table. His face was so red. He was so mad. <laughs> I said, he does not like to lose. I said, he is a competitor. He he plays to win. I, I, I do play to win. I don't, I don't mess around. That's kind of why I actually like role-playing games, because you lose There's some no of that competitive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, except for so DM when you get the TPK, but that's the <laughs> So Ben was a guy oh. – so, so our first convention, I, I don't know if Doug ordered these off eBay or what, but we yep. um, we found out that – so Doug had ordered some stuff on eBay, and all I remember is the great title of the adventure was Zvart's Silent But Deadly. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was one of the adventures. And it, it, it I think it was like three or four adventures in the series. It was about an island. It was set on an island, I know. And um, – yeah. You know, she lived in Arlington. He's like, oh, maybe this is a guy we can get to come to our con. And so I don't think you were there the first year, but I, nope, I think um, we, we got you to show up, start showing up the second year, maybe. I can't remember. Second well, or third year, we got you to start showing up. So Doug called me before the first one and said, hey, can you come? And I already had something scheduled for the weekend of the con. This and is when we, this is I, when we were digging the bottom of the barrel for guests our first uh, Yes. I mean, we had, we, had, we, we had Jason Braun. So, I mean, you were a step up from Jason. So, yeah, we, we were just like, who who can we find to come to our con for free that we can be a special guest? 
So anyway, so Doug said, well, how about next year for the second one? And I was like, sure, sure, sure. And I forgot all about it. And then the next January rolls around and he calls me and says, you promised you'd come to <laughs> so, And I've been to everyone since. Oh, yep. Well, you, you had a, so um, you, you have dabbled in quite, so since I've known you, so we went from Zvart's uh, Silent But Deadly which, um, although, you know, I, I'm going to give you a pat on the back because you were trying with that one. But it was kind of something, you know, that you just kind of threw together, right? I mean, you, it wasn't a, a big Oh, yeah. Project. I mean, I, I didn't do anything professional there. That was my nephew's artwork, and I just printed them up on a copy machine and sold them on eBay for like a buck. I mean, they were, you know, it was. But, the, but then you then um, you, you got into, you started getting serious about it. Um and you also started publishing, uh, you got kind of the board game industry, which I think is really interesting because you and I have talked about this a few times. Um, you got the board game industry, which is really kind of the same, but kind of different than RPGs. We can let you talk about that, how different the board game industry is. But uh, you had a great game called Dinosaur Wrestling, which is awesome. Well, actually, the game is called, uh, it's not Dinosaur Wrestling, it's um, Ult- Ultimate Dinosaur Fighting. Dinosaur so. Fighting. They're not wrestling, they're fighting. And the, which, yeah. is a gr- which is a great game, and it has great miniatures. It's just it's a fun game. You also you had card games. I, I bought a couple of your little card games; are really good. Um, and then, of course, you have actually done some uh, professional um, gaming or RPG stuff, uh, especially with Call of Cthulhu uh, and Top Top Secret. And you won the uh, Three Cast Award three years ago for your Call of Cthulhu adventure. Um, was that the Swamp yep. Devil, Devil Swamp? Swamp. Devil Swamp, Got and then um, the one last year, Top Secret Adventure last year won, uh, which is really inter- which is a really interesting adventure. And I think you know we had some really positive comments from some of the founding fathers of um, of uh, Top Secret. Uh, Merle and um, uh, Alan loved the direction yeah. that adventure went because it's kind of a kind of an interesting adventure there. And so you've your stuff is now is really slick. I mean, I, I have some of your really early stuff, and it looks like it was cranked out of the uh, mimeograph machine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sixth, the sixth grade teacher had, and then you took a turn, man. You you suddenly said, you know what? I'm going to do this professional, and boom, your stuff looks nice. It's it's slick. It's professional. Uh, you have, I mean, the artwork's great. So tell us about that. How you went from uh, just semi pro to pro there? Oh sure. well. It- what? <laughs> like, like he was ever a semi-pro, but in any case. Oh, no. It, it was Before, it was just for fun. I mean, you know, I had a good time with it. I wasn't worried about anything. And if it hadn't been for the Three Castle Award, I probably wouldn't have gone any further, to be honest. Oh. But, uh, you know, you put a, a trophy out in front of me, and I, I get this, you know, I got to go win that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, and every year I liked – I would submit something and I knew it wouldn't win. I, but I wanted to get the comments back. I wanted to see how close I was, you know, and then they'd reject one and they reject another. Then I made the finals, but didn't win, you know, and I knew I was getting close and then devils won. And I, I was actually very shocked because it, it was up. I thought against some good competition there that year. Um, and so I hadn't actually seen all the competition for the one that Deep Freeze beat, but uh, the top secret module. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it's good stuff. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, so that that really kind of put me over. I just made the decision. 
if I'm going to make this a company and do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to, you know, I don't like to half-ass things. I like to, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the right way. And that's what I think I've been doing for the last few years. So, yeah, you're, I think you're, so you're, I, I so you had a period in between um, doing RPGs when you came up with a couple of board games, you had the, the, Oh, the kid monster hunter game. I'm sorry, Ben. I can't yep. remember. That's all right. Monster trap. So. Monster trap, which is fun. I have that. But you, you, you had the dinosaur fighting yep. game, which is which is awesome. And the thing I like about that game is, and I don't know if this is something you consciously did with the board game stuff, but the great thing about the monster, uh, or I'm sorry, the dinosaur fighting game is it. You don't know who's going to win every game. It's very, you could play different dinosaurs every time and have different strategies and you could have, you know, four or five different people win in one session, which is awesome. You could, you, could, you just play it over and over again. And um, sometimes yep. strategies work. Sometimes they don't. You may think that, Oh, this dinosaur is the best dinosaur to have. And then, and then next time you try another dinosaur, it's better. Um, tell me a little, tell us a little bit about dinosaur fighting. Cause that, that was the game I think kind of, put you over the top when you came up with that that was that was very professional and it was like i said it had metal metal minis as somebody here said in a box <laughs> set. and then that's one of the things we always warn against like don't do minis whatever you do don't do minis minis they, will they, screw you yeah, minis can be difficult but uh yeah so we came up with ultimate dinosaur fighting um and I actually joined a, a local board game design group here in the dallas area and went to them and uh the, the board game went through a lot of evolutions um, and morphed into a lot of different things, but it's kind of a, a merge between some of the old school games like Car Wars and Battletech and stuff. And then uh, some of the newer game uh, mechanics of uh, card management and stuff like that. Uh, very little luck involved, but you know, like every dinosaur has to fight differently. You can't use the same strategy for two different dinosaurs. It just doesn't work. And then uh, sold out of the first edition and then made a new one. And uh, the local guy, J.E. Shields, did the artwork for the new one, which I think looks really slick. And I'm very happy with how that came out. I, I think it looks 10 times better than the original. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just got those in. So I have those available now and came out with an expansion pack for it, which includes two new dinosaurs. Oh, wow. um, of course, it's like in the future after Jurassic Park and people get tired of seeing them in the parks, they start pit fighting the dinosaurs. So <laughs> as, as we would, as, as, as you and race would, you know, we yeah. would, that's just, we, we would so do two things, man. We would eat them and we would fight. Them. Those, those are the two things we do. If we had dinosaurs, I better yeah, good. How do they taste? And, and if we put this dinosaur, this dinosaur, who would kill each other and put lasers it, on their heads? Oh <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's tech, there's mutations, there's all sorts of a craziness you can add into the game if you want to. Um, it's a lot of fun. I I don't think I've ever seen two games play the same way twice, and I've probably played you know 500 games of it, and I still sure. enjoy sitting down and playing it. So it's great. I love it. <laughs> Since the maker of the game. <laughs> so, so you you brought so you brought that to. To three to, to North Texas and and we had a, you have a tournament for uh, the dinosaur fighting now too. You, you give away your own trophy. Yeah, I go ahead and make my own trophies for that, and then run a dinosaur tournament. Uh, we've done it every year for about four or five years now, and so it, it's always a lot of fun. I get a regular following that come every year to do that. So, and then I actually moved it into the the con 
So I got special permission from Doug to run to run that in the con. And uh, since I was the Three Castle Award winner, um, and so yeah, for, because I'd yeah, have I was, a lot I, of people complain. I was going to interrupt you because so for Doug, who doesn't know, Doug's very idiosyncratic about his con. So when we first came up the con, we said we were going to almost exclusively focus on role-playing games because at the time, so many cons have been taken over by Magic Cards, by Warhammer, by all these other things, and RPGs were such a small part of the con scene back in 2007, 2008. And so we had said that uh, unless you're a special guest or uh, or a staff member, or and we've, we've opened up during the years, or an original member that one of the people came the first year, you, you cannot run a board game. You can only run a board game if one of those conditions. You're a special guest, um, um, or with the other, whatever the other two conditions are. So, so basically, yeah. there's a lot of finagling that goes on because some people really want to run board games, and they they get really they're like, oh, we can't run a board game, but we, we did that for a reason. The reason is because we want to focus almost exclusively on RPGs. We're not against board games, and we do have people run board games. Um, so yes, he so Ben got special disposi- disposition, but, <laughs> but because oh, you're, you're, you're three castles award winner, you could run a board game now. So, yeah. so he's always throwing these little things. It's like, oh, you did, that. yeah, you could run a game now because of this, you know. So so he gave you a special uh, little special Benny there, like well. yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he knows there were a lot of people who complained because I'd run it Wednesday night, which was allowed to do board games on Wednesday night. Right. But right. then a lot of people wouldn't get to the con till Thursday. So then they were coming to me and complaining because they couldn't be in the tournament. So right. anyway, but we got that straight now. So we run it Saturday now and it's always a lot of fun. It's a blast. We have tw- it's sold out again this year. Going to have 12 players in it. Right. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'll run two tables, uh, two boards, because you can put six players on one board. And it's it's actually, it runs faster with more players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's a mosh pit of, of awesomeness, too. The more players you have, actually, the more fun it is. Because it, it gets crazy then. <laughs> yeah, Dandelion Game says uh, UDF is super fast to play, but still really strategic. And they would yeah. like to see a Car Wars version. <laughs> like, well, talk talk to Steve Jackson then. <laughs> I've done that. They've shot me down before. <laughs> so, so, oh. so somebody, somebody wants to get uh, UDF. How do they go about? Do you, you have a page, right? For um. Oh, uh, oh yeah. You can go to my website, newcomicgames.com and shop, New and games, okay. it's there. Yeah, and then you also do you have monster. Uh, uh, Monster Trap also. That's that's more of a kids game. That, that's actually I played with my kids. That's a more for younger kids, I think. Um, and that's yeah, kind of it was a- designed for like six to thirteen that age range. Uh, but it's kind of a it's a family co op game. And if right. you don't work together, you will lose. So, so you had a couple of su- couple of successes board games but then you decided well i'm gonna do i'm gonna go back to rpgs now what made you decide on uh call of cthulhu because then you kind of got and i know at the time call of cthulhu had kind of a they had a program i guess they still have it where you basically license their name right and then you put out something they have to okay it though but you actually release something with their blessing oh yeah well and 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 money uh, well, yeah, you, you have to, if you want to license through chaos, if you want to do anything with the name Call of Cthulhu on it, register trademark, uh, you have to uh, go through them. You have to get a license and they get a percentage. And uh, 
so I actually make quarterly, you know, payments to them for that. Uh, but, you know, I grew up on D&D, just same as y'all guys did, AD&D first edition, um, and, and got stuck in first and played a little second. But um, uh, I played Call of Cthulhu a few years back and just fell in love with it. I, I got tired of the, you know, walk into a room, kill a bunch of orcs, take some treasure, right. go to the next room. Um, and, and that can be fun. And I love, I still do that. I still play D&D. But Call of Cthulhu just is like a step up above uh, D&D, in my opinion. Uh, when you start having, if you're fighting the monster and you don't know how to beat it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the problem, with, a lot of problem with D&D is a lot of times, Everybody knows how you kill, you know, you know, you use fire on the trolls, you know, you have to use the magic weapons on the, you know, the wraith or whatever, and watch out, he's going to level drain you, those sort of things. Whereas with Call of Cthulhu, you have no clue what the heck you're looking at or what you're doing. And if you haven't done your research before you go to fight it, you're probably dead already, you know, or insane. Uh, so, and I love the insanity rules. I think they're great. So, but that's, that's me. Everybody has their own uh, opinions of different role-playing games. I like a variety of role-playing games. You know, Call of Cthulhu is probably my favorite. D&D, I love Top Secret. Um, and, and there's actually several down the list there uh, that I also enjoy playing that are, you know, Buddies and Burrows is actually what I love, Buddies and Burrows. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that kind of got me into Call of Cthulhu. I just reached out to him when to write uh, a module for him. I had Star on the Shore. I'd started running it, and um, I really enjoyed it. So I reached out to um, – actually, I think I posted it on a Facebook page and said, hey, I'm probably going to run a Kickstarter for this. And Chaosium contacted me and said, <laughs> you can't do that no. unless you – Yeah, uh, unless you uh, – because, uh, you know, this was right when, I guess, uh, Cthulhu – the name Cthulhu had been became open license, right? Yeah. Everybody, uh, but Call of Cthulhu did not, wow. and so uh, that's why you can have like Fate of Cthulhu and Trail of Cthulhu, things like that. But you can't have Call of Cthulhu uh, without licensing through Chaosium. So they reached out to me and said, "You have to do that." I said, "What do I have to do?" And they sent me a contract, and so now I'm starting on my fourth book. It's already been funded. It funded in three hours. Of course, Corsairs of Cthulhu. Wow. Uh, it still has uh, eight days left. I guess it ends nice. Thursday next week. Um, our projections, they'll have it end up anywhere between 50 and 60. Uh, okay, which would be really nice. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are hoping it reaches 55 because then we're going to add in a whole section for uh, to convert it to Pulp Cthulhu as well. So it can run as either Call of Cthulhu or Pulp Cthulhu. Well, um, Eric, Eric and I have a we have a pretty good track record here. Usually, people running Kickstarters that appear on our show uh, get a huge bump. I don't, and we don't know why. It's not like we have a a ton of watchers or listeners, but, but uh, we've, we've we've done pretty good uh, the last we have few done people we had. We've we've uh, they've they've been, they've uh, shown us uh, pronounced bounces after the show. So we're gonna hope we keep that going with you, Ben. Oh, we, we don't we don't we, we don't change, we don't right. change it or anything. We've had certain Kickstarters <laughs> reach out to us, and we've looked at it. And went mm, not a good fit. You not are a good, good fit. fit. 
Yeah, All right, we good. We, won't, we don't pimp just anyone, yes. Right. We're, right. We're, not gonna, we're not gonna say who reached out to us but, but didn't bother addressing <laughs> us in the email. It's just like, hi, we like your show. Okay, hi who? <laughs> uh, it's a, you know, uh -oh. yeah, it's like we'd like to appear on your fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Promoting our Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes. And we, we've had some bigger people contact us, but they just weren't really within our, not really our demographic, but just, it's just not our, this just wasn't our deal. Not, not a good fit. I mean, yeah, it, you, uh, Ben, we, we, we have spoken at North Texas oh, every yeah. year, you know, and, and not just about games, but just about real life stuff that happens in oh, yeah. your life and my life. Um, and, you know, this, uh, folks, behind the scenes, I was late because it was uh, late Mother's Day uh, dinner because my 10-year-old my niece was over and all that stuff. And it was like, oh, geez. Uh, all right. Well, that what should have been like an hour and 15 round trip was almost two and a half hours round trip picking her up. This is going to be a tight fit to get in, uh, get back to the house in time for this. Normally, when Mike and I have a guest, we spend 10, 15 minutes bullshitting, relaxing, getting to know the person. We know Ben. We both know Ben. On, on a personal level, we didn't need the bullshit time. Although I yeah, will say... I still well, enjoy that. Yeah. This is oh, the yeah, yeah, bullshit yeah. time now. We're bullshitting now. I mean, come on. We just got yeah, bullshit. Yeah. The bullshitting when the time actually matters. When we got people <laughs> listening in... To the podcast. So, you know. But, hey, hey, ben, uh, ben, was this the first time? I I forgot. You're, you're, the reason we're having a show is because we're having the whole month of May, we're having special guests to um, uh, that are going to North Texas. And um, is this the first year you were a special guest? Because I want you to know, I have been championing you for years because <laughs> Doug is stingy with the with the special guest designation. If he he likes the you, old school guys. <laughs> yes. If you you could and, and so uh, is this the first year you, you weren't a special guest last year where you were just Yeah, like, yeah what? Last were, year was okay, my I, first I year. Remember. That was because we only had like 70 people. Like, yeah. Like, I mean it was yeah, like yeah, I was the only guy who could get to come. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was way down but he is, he is scraping the bottom of my guess. shoe. Let me see what I can get. Unless he's heard of you, unless you published D and D thirty five years ago, he, <laughs> I mean, we've just we've just gotten to where he kind of knows who Jeff Tulaney is. And he realizes Jeff Tulaney is pretty popular, so that's cool. But I was talking to him a couple years ago. I said, you know, we need to make Ben a special guest. He's like, oh, but look, he's published board games. He's published D and D stuff. I mean, this is before you'd won the first three castle awards. Yeah. Like, he's done. Really, everything that you could ask a special guest to do, and he's local. You don't have to pay for him really to come into town, and so it just takes a while to finally break through his thick skin and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, this guy has done a few things." Like, yeah, he has. He's done. He's done quite a few things. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe, I, maybe I do want to show something cool for Corsairs of Cthulhu. Right. Is yeah. one of the things I did was I got Alyssa Fadden. Y'all know who Alyssa is, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Cart cartographer okay. extraordinaire, yes. Yes. So she did this map for me. I don't know if y'all can see it. Oh, it's so dark. Oh, hold, on, hold on a see. second. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me let, let, let me embiggen you if I can. Oh, okay. Or at least make you bigger. 
not not as as ambiguous as I was I would as I would like it. All right, so at least we don't have to screen share. All right, there we go. Okay. Oh, now you can see it. Yes. Yeah. So this map is made up of four pieces. Okay. Oh, if I can hold it in front of my camera. All right, and you oh. ca it's really hard to see, but it's uh, but it's three dimensional. Oh. And, and if you glue it, and you can, and you get part of the Kickstarter you can get the STL files, or at the highest level, I have it three D printed for you. And oh, when wow. it's when it's glued together, it goes like this. Okay. And uh, I I put some dark stain on this to make it look a little aged, but um, and then there's a key that goes with it. Okay. And if you line the key up in the map. Bingo. Right. Yep. It actually tells you where they need to go. And all the all the pieces come separate, right? The four pieces of the map, and there's like eight pieces for the key. And then part of the campaign, they have to find these pieces and assemble this and put it together as they go. So I I just think that is so cool. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now I gotta see if and, I backed it. If I backed at the special key level. Is that I don't know if I backed the special key level. It's the highest the physical level. Now if you uh, did any of the digital ones, you'll get the digital files so you can print it yourself. Okay. But, I probably uh, did that. Yeah, that's probably what I did. Uh but yeah, I think it's really cool. And uh I, I'm really excited. I just got these three D prints in. Uh, and you can see it's raised there on the edge. Well, if I can hold it in front of the camera. Um, and uh, the lines are hard to make out through the camera and everything. But no, it's a, and it's 110. That's actually not, it's not bad. Uh, or yeah. for the complete, you know, first thing, I, I, I don't own a 3D printer because if I did, I case for something more important like <laughs> games. So it's like, <laughs> mm, no. yeah. So, and you know, if you if you're on buying the book because you like the book and you're never gonna, you know, you put it on your shelf, and never play for it, it's probably not worth it. But if you're planning on using it, because I, you can also just print the map and then cut it out. But cutting out the tentacles can be difficult. I, I I'll admit that. Um, you know, you can see that I did one and I had to use razor blades to get in there and cut that out, but. Uh, it, and it doesn't look as cool, <laughs> but I, I'm really excited about the, it's called the astronomer's map. And, uh, I, I'm really excited about, it. I think it's going to be really cool. So I backed at the $60 level. I guess I need to go up a little bit to $80 to get that. Yeah. No, well, the 60 ha has the STL files. Okay. So. But, but, but not the, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay, cool. All right. So if you, uh, printer, at sixty bucks, you can you can print it, but uh, I I don't have my own three D printer, so I need to come in at a hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> uh, I might have to up mine too. Yeah, there you go. It looks too at cool. At eighty, I include the map folio, and at one ten, you get the map folio and this and a couple other little trinkets to go with it. Uh, a metal a Spanish <laughs> doubloon replica. Yeah, so not guaranteed to be magical. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. They're not guaranteed to be magical. Come on. What the hell, man? What the hell? Anyway, but yeah. I want my magical, and it has to, is it gold or just If they were chocolate coins, I might have backed it. I like the chocolate. Oh, I love the chocolate gel. Yeah, if it's not chocolate, I don't know, man. I don't think it's Scroll down the Kickstarter a little bit more. And now, yeah, there, there you go. And that's the doubloons. Uh, we actually get them from Norse Foundry. Um, oh, they do good and, stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good size. You know, uh, quarter, a little bit bigger than a quarter size metal doubloon. Um, and it's part of the game. Is you get one. Hey, Ben, um, you get one um, during the campaign. Uh, somebody gives you one, and it is magical in the game. Uh, so it's just kind of a little thing to go with it. So you get that in the 3D, and it also comes with a uh, a gem that goes with the map as well. That's non-Euclidean. Um, so anyway, but that's uh, so. But yeah, it, it I think it'll be really cool. I I certainly like it. And by the way, uh, with uh, Ben Barr ch- chiming in, we have yeah. two people who have better hair than Mike and I. So let's. <laughs> Ben has the hair, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving him a hard time about appearing on GDZ this week. Cause you know, come on, man. I, I we've already had we had him on like three weeks ago and GDZ is like, oh, we better scrape up some uh, talking crit guests because we got nothing going on here. Cause that's what they do. They're they're, they're oh, come on. They don't know if they're doing it. We 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 decline to interview some of the GDZ guests. <laughs> well, they just don't reach our, oh, our, it, our it, criteria. See, this is how you know there's something wrong because in two weeks' watch they'll have Ben Barsh on there. They'll Ben Barsh on there. Like, oh yeah, oh, he, he was on uh, Talking uh, Crit. So yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll... I don't know. They. <laughs> I listen. I, I I love Zach and I love Skeeter, but they, but they don't have the same uh, je ne sais quoi. Which I don't know what it means, but they don't—they don't have the same attitude that the the ten car and the bad Mike have. No, 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 definitely not. You know, <laughs> those well, traders complimented their the hair more. Oh, come on! We sit here and we talk. All I do is talk about your damn hair. You cannot say that they complimented your hair more. That's Listen, awesome. I'm, I'm just glad I, I have hair. Okay, that's bullshit. <laughs> But yeah. you're not a special guest here, Ben. So <laughs> no yeah. air talk. Yeah, yeah. This We're is out. the real Ben. This yeah. is the Ben that counts, man. Yeah, six <laughs> months from now when we have you back on, if we do, we'll talk about your hair again. <laughs> if you still have your hair by then, I don't know. I mean, it may just be a Ooh. flash. The, you may be a flash in the pan, dude. Oh, is he going to follow his father? <laughs> oh. oh. Bad, bad. Uh, I, I, we might have lost him there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he could, he's off. like, screw, screw this. I'm going oh, home. Yeah, he's home. That's it. I'm it's going over. back to Disney. I'm uh, yeah. the abuse. We're, we're, trying uh, to give him, we're trying to give him tough love here. Come on. <laughs> uh, we love Ben and Bill. They're yeah, great guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I, I still remember my first North Texas. Uh, went to the vending room. They had the table immediately to the left. And I remember looking at all this. I was like, "Oh, I want all this stuff, but it comes in boxes." <laughs> and I, I got to go back to New York. I don't think I can buy a lot of boxes. Son of a! But they make some good stuff, man. They really. Oh they, yeah. They, they could. Yeah. And that's the great thing about North well, Texas RPG Con. 
a lot of these vendors and smaller publishers, um, really, you get to see their stuff, put your hands on it. You're not just, you know, shopping sight unseen online, but it, it's, it becomes tangible, and there's something special about that. Well, oh, yeah. what's, what's cool is Ben now, um, uh, the real Ben, Ben Burns, as um, he's he's a, he has a booth now in North Texas. He's actually done a lot of other cons, too, and he has, like, a lot of product now because he used to be – when he was first doing the cons, he had, like, you know, the, the – uh, Dinosaur wrestling game. That was like it. Then every time we, publishes, we, get, we get a little more, a little more. And now, you know, he's got a pretty good selection. I, uh, one of the cons we went to a couple of years ago, I bought uh, the Massey Arleth tip, uh, the giant box set. Oh, yeah. Me, which I, which I, you know, that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite RPG ever published. I love that thing. So I, I was happy to get that. So you carry a lot more than just your own stuff now. You're, you're a legit dealer at this point. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I want to carry enough where people come and then, you know, my stuff's there. They come in and they start looking at the Cthulhu stuff because it's there. And then, you know, and they're picking up the keeper's guide or whatever. And then I'm like, and I wrote these and it just, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well then I'll take this and that, you know, and it just adds to it. If I'm just a little guy in the corner, you don't get near as much. Um, but, you know, I sell dice and stuff too. And that just helps pay for the table and everything. <laughs> but, uh, because you know, because ben, ben knows this, so he goes to as many conventions as Eric and I do. There's always the one numb nuts that forgot their dice. <laughs> they traveled halfway oh, across no. the country. They I brought sell. six suitcases. They brought all their games and all their character <laughs> sheets, and they get to the convention and they don't have any dice. You can oh. make a killing off selling dice at conventions. Oh yeah. Well, my best sellers right now are the metal dice. I sell a ton yeah. of those I got a set right of new dice. Yeah. Yeah. They are super hot. So. Yeah, and then they're, they're guaranteed to put dents in the table. It's oh, throw, throw them, bang, yeah. bang, 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 bang. I, I tell people, roll them on something. If you roll them on a wooden table, you will ding up you your table. <laughs> yes. You will definitely dent that sucker up. Oh. That's what you need with those like, nice leather dice trays with the felt bottom. Which that, I sell also. <laughs> there you go. I just happened to have a set of these. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't serving it up so you could tee off it. But yes, sir, do, you, do, you, do you love your wooden table? You, no. you love to protect your wooden table, wouldn't you? Here, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bundle. You need to bundle this in with that. Oh yeah, you're right. My wife would not want me to dent up her table, but they will. They, they will put a dent on your. Table. Oh yeah, the metal You've dice definitely will. So, unless you go up to the aluminum dice, now they won't. <laughs> Well, I remember, when, I remember when gem dice. Remember when, I remember when gem dice were really big, and the problem is, um, I bought a couple sets of them. They chip. Gem dice yeah. are they look beautiful, but but they do not stand up to uh, lots of gaming. They they you, the, the ones of frog I was selling a few years ago. A felt. You have to use a felt. You cannot right. throw them against. You cannot throw them against a hard surface. I I saw. Uh, uh, Bill Webb split a four sider once. There was a it was a gem. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I split it in half. And and that's just the problem. They're they're not they're more meant for looks. And, and as Ben said, you're really supposed to use like a soft tray or something with them. You don't throw them in a dice thing. Goes clack, 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 you know down there. Yeah. You're oh supposed yeah. To, you're supposed oh. to kind of baby them a little bit. I, um, I do sell gem dice. I only carry a few sets, but you know people do like them. And, but I warn them straight up, you got to have a padded surface. You got to have a felt surface, something. If you throw them on a hard surface, they'll, they'll chip or crack. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. anyway. I didn't but, expect this to become a show, but it, it, I, I, honestly, as gamers, 
the unspoken truth is we all love our dice. We all talk about, I got oh, these I... dice. These are my, these are the soap dice that I got in uh, my Gamma World first edition set back in the day. Oh. You know, we always talk about that, right? I mean, that first dice set or second dice set has meaning. And as you get older, our age, it's like, oh, the metal dice, the gem dice, because you need something special. The the wooden dice. Oh, yeah. That was uh, real hot a few years back. Yeah. But, yeah. Yes. I remember. I didn't, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like most of the wood dice. I, they had a couple that were heavier that I liked, but a lot of them were too light, and they just I just didn't do anything for me. Uh, yep. I remember. Uh, I've never been the, big uh, on wood. Uh, I was bidding the, in the North Texas RPG Con auction years ago. I think maybe my first North Texas. Uh, and uh, I was bidding for these dice that were made of Coca-Cola wood. And the reason why I was bidding on them is that the old nightsticks, prior to my generation, uh, any of my these are the ones that you see in the movies where they're making the the, the nightstick dance in their hands and the leather strap. So I was like, and I'm bidding. <laughs> and, and, then was like, and then finally, I'm like, who keeps on outbidding me? And I look, and I'm like, who the hell is this kid, this teenager, that's outbidding me? And how do they have pockets this deep? And then <laughs> Frank Messner happens to go, oh, it looks like uh, Bill Webb's son is... I'm yes. Like, oh, <laughs> my God. So Johnny was bidding uh, against you. Yeah, yeah you, I was like, you I'm, like, I'm not going to win. No, I'm not going to win. Because he I'm doesn't going. know when to stop. He just keeps on going and going. He's keep on going. And, there would have been Bill's, no stopping. No, no and Bill was yeah. like, cover it. And then of course I'm like, all right, I'm I'm out. And then of course it's like Frank's like, ten car, are you gonna let this juvenile outbid you? I'm like, yes, yes. I am, because his father has much deeper pockets than I do. Oh, now I I got a little story about Bill. <laughs> oh dear. His, uh, <laughs> he may not like this. Anyway, so we were at that. His daughter was uh, a couple They're years chilly. ago. Jillian, uh, look, looking at a uh, very sweet girl, uh, looking at a set of the aluminum dice that came in the vault, you know, the case with the holes in them and right. the magnetic lid and all that stuff. And those run normally they're 140. I sell them for 125, but she's sitting there looking at these green dice. And then Bill, uh, Bill is like, Oh, if you want them, go ahead and get them. I said, Okay, they're 125. And Bill went, Not though. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the first time I've ever seen Bill balk at anything. Uh, yeah, no. You probably thought, oh, those are like $50 dice. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, oh, $125? Yeah. Oh, no. No. No, no. <laughs> no I, I, need, I need that on the auction later, the midnight auction. I got something I got to bid on. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> well, you, you know, um, yeah, I don't know if y'all have been aware, but um, I don't know if you've seen the price on older dice from the 70s and 80s now. Um, I know John Peterson, our favorite pal there, has done an article on the dice, and the prices are insane, especially on the oh. original, you know, crappy dice used to, you know, would start, you'd roll it and it'd roll forever because it chipped all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Though, I have some of those. <laughs> look, at some, look at some of the prices on eBay for those, and also the old, um, the old chess X dice and the old gem dice. Remember the gem dice that really had to really oh, yeah. cars, you had to paint? Look on eBay at the prices. You it will blow your mind. The, those have become a huge nostalgia piece, and a, a set of those um, really the old dice that are not chewed up can go for over a hundred dollars just to, just for a set of those. Uh, wow! What people do is 
they'll put them in because a lot of times the um, the Holmes box set came with some, and I think there's another box set that came with them. Well, a lot of times when collectors get these box sets, the dice are gone. They'll right. put these in the set, and that way they have a complete set. Um, I sold last year. I, I really went too cheap, but I it was going through an old bag of mine. I found a whole bunch of those old dice, all chipped up. There was no die twenties in there, but I had the the yellow die four, the or, I mean whatever orange die or, or the green die. Right. I could almost remember all the colors, and I had oh the blue die twelve, and then the um, white orange uh, die six. Orange it was orange. Six. Yep, yeah. and then I didn't have any die twenties in there, but I had like five. I had like two or three each of those um i put them up on an auction site like oh you know hundred dollar buyout five minutes bought out wow like, and that's when you know you made a mistake yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh and then <laughs> when you barely oh, hit sin did he sit buy out <laughs> and then people were like going oh goodbye goodbye i'm like oh this is obviously as, as long as i've been in the business I was not keeping up with dice prices, so I educated myself after that, and I realized those dice go for a pretty penny now. So, so yeah, we, we can be, as gamers, we're very uh, nostalgic about our dice also just as much. And those aren't good dice. I mean, the old dice are not good dice. No, right. no. They, <laughs> no, they were shitty. Yeah. Especially even the, even the old the nostalgia chest, you're buying. It's not the dice. So. Even the old gym ones that you had to paint in the colors, uh -huh. um, they're, they're not very technically they're not very good dice because you can't see the numbers unless you paint them. Right, and you finally see the number. And if you're going to paint dice or use that uh, wax stuff to go in there, you're going to change the dynamics of the dice because right. you're, you're, you're putting way. weight in there somehow. You're messing with the dice itself. So these are not really technically really good dice, but gamer you know we like nostalgia we, we, there's some games we like that aren't really very good games but we like them because we just you know like top top secret um and i i, I get in arguments with bill bars about this all the time i thought the first edition top secret was almost impossible to play i played it but you, you had to have a calculator right by your side and to add up <laughs> all the numbers and stuff going on there and technically i don't think it was really a very good game um but there's still a lot of people. Bill Barsh is one of those, and yeah. Ben might be too. That you know, hey, that's a. I still have a lot of you know, a lot of great stories about the game. But yeah, technically, I, I thought uh, Top Secret SI played easier and better. Now, the new version of Top Secret, um, I have not played that yet. I've I've read through the rule. Oh, book. you got to try it. Yeah, is it pretty good? Or I mean, I've never I, I like it a lot. It. it it plays pretty smoothly. There's a few things I would have changed about it, but um, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, the original rule book had some editing issues, but they fixed that with a PDF. So, you know, if you get it, make sure you get the PDF from TSR. Uh, but 90, 95% of the book is great. No problems at all. And um, it's, um, I, I loved it a lot. I, I just wish uh, the new TSR, Jason Elliott, would uh, support the game more. That's my biggest issue with it, you know, because they came out with the, the box set, which I thought the box set was great. There's all these playing aids in it. Uh, they right. came with the keeper screen. It came with the intro module. And then my company, we were, I actually had it set up. So as soon as the box hit, we launched our Kickstarter like the next day, right, for the first adventure. And my plan was this, we're just going to start pushing into there and doing top secret adventures. And we did the first two and they got out and now we're a year into this 
and they still haven't produced anything else. And now it's been two more years, and they still haven't really produced and, anything and you've else. you've won the three Yeah, that won the three You think they would try to build off that and say, hey, one of the adventures for our game is won the three casts award, but no, they, they just kind of... Yeah. I know, and I'm just like, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's frustrating when you have a game that you love and, and the people who produce it just don't support it. Um, now, it's still great. I know there's a, a active uh, group on Facebook, and they're always putting out little stuff, little adventures that they've run and stuff and written. Uh, you know, of course, it's not, you know, real professionally done. There's not a lot of maps and everything else, but, um, you know, it's there's stuff out there for it. It just... If you go to the game store looking for it, you're not going to find it, you know, because he right. hasn't gotten into distribution or anything like that. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I sell it and I sell my two adventures, but I've, I've kind of moved on from Top Secret, unfortunately. Uh, it was, and I had another adventure ready to go to Kickstarter. I mean, it's already written, already play tested, There's even no has some artwork done for it. Yeah, no reason and, for it now if they're not going to support it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's, here's the issue, and partially I, I'm going to surmise and guess, is that they they are in the midst of a, of a trademark dispute right now over TSR. Right, that's true. They, yeah, they, their um, lawyer apparently dropped the ball, allowed the trademark to lapse. It oh, was, so It was... <laughs> It was picked up by the guys behind the uh, the Hobby Dungeon Museum. That's right. I've heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, up, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Geneva, right? right? Yeah. Right. Up, up in Lake Geneva. So, so, so they tried to snag it. Now, last I checked, I say it's been about a month and a half since I checked. Um, the trademark was, I guess, it had lapsed for, quote, new TSR. But the Dungeon Hobby Shop's claim on it had not been approved yet on the federal level. They have a, a claim in that was approved on the state level in Wisconsin, which doesn't mean shit if the federal trademark you don't yeah. get. But in any case, that that is the Bruja. And um, I don't know what's going on with it. I have no inside information. And uh, I, I guess we'll all find out the uh, chips fall where they may. But yeah. Last I heard from Jason, he said, "No, there's no dispute at all." <laughs> well, the great the great thing about TSR, the, the nostalgia that I love about TSR was, you know, this is back when D and D was king, and it was one of the you know they also had Gamma World, which which yep. which wasn't supported very well, and T and so they came up with Top Secret. Well, the great thing about Top Secret was. So, you know, you're like, hey, let's play another TSR game. So everybody rolls up characters, and if your average D&D player could not play Top Secret because no. you'd have, okay, so come in shooting. Your, yeah. first, your first room, you're going to, we kick the door in and go with them on the machine guns. Okay, let's roll. Okay, uh, three of you are dead. You got hit in the head. You're blinded in one eye. And your legs <laughs> are shot out. You're bleeding out on the floor. And the other guy, you know, you, you, you yeah. take it. Taking a concussion like, grenade, you're on the ground. The, like, what the hell? hell? Just, yeah, you died in one room. You're gone. You're all dead. <laughs> and so it, it took a, it was, a drink my healing potion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going. No, you don't have that. Scotch, man. Scotch. No, no, you're 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 dying. You're on the ground. You're bleeding out. So it was a great game because it, it required. It was a 
And I had I knew friends that simply could not play top secret. They just couldn't get into that mindset. They were too much of the yeah. fantasy mindset. Now, what's great now is you know here we are in the 21st century. We have so many other RPGs we've all grown up with. You can switch that mindset on and off because obviously like when you play call of cthulhu that's a totally yeah. different mindset too because if you go right. in with guns you think it's bad going in guns blazing and top secret <laughs> try to go in guns blazing and call of cthulhu you are going to get wiped you're gonna get curb stopped so you, you, be, you better know what you're fighting and what the uh the, the 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 things are that you can hurt that thing or maybe the spell you can cast to get rid of it otherwise you're that eventually going to be over real quick and everybody's going to be wandering the swamp insane or dead. <laughs> yeah i open up with my tommy guns okay all of you shoot you do 184 points it has no effect now it's this part. <laughs> huh? wow. I huh? what i still remember about the, the original top secret the first edition was the uh my dice were green and red and yep. I think it came with a black mar black crayon, or I used a black crayon. So we were playing oh, Top man. Secret in lab class in high school. And it was, uh, I think, physics lab. So you had all these granite tabletops. Well, guess what? Those dice don't last very long on granite. Within like, <laughs> within, like the first 30 minutes, they, were, they didn't chip, but they cracked. They started to look marbleized. It was... Surprisingly, wow. yeah, and I still have them somewhere in one of my 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 dice storage containers. You know, it's like I have way too many dice that any man should ever need. But uh, yeah, those you think those you dice, have too many dice? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I am a gamer, and at some point, I'm sure my niece will go through it and take as many as she wants, except for my original dice set. She can't have that. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge Call of Cthulhu fan. I, I remember buying it off the shelf back in 1980 or 81, and and I, loved it. and I was not that familiar with Lovecraft because at the time it was hard. To, at one point, it was hard to get Lovecraft. He, uh, he'd not gone to the public domain yet, and I think Del Rey books had just got the contract. They came up with those really nice Mike Whelan cover books right about the time I went to college, or I was just in the middle of college and so i finally got to read all lovecraft stuff i loved it um so i've, I've played this is a mission i played pretty much every edition of call of cthulhu except the latest most popular edition seventh edition so you write for seventh edition call of cthulhu correct ben yeah so yeah. what are the main Half differences it. between that and between the earlier editions because i think the one we played most might have been the 5.1 edition it seems like that was during our heyday was the the five maybe five or six right in that range, but I've never played the latest edition. Well, I can tell you the difference between six and seven, and that was the biggest jump, I think, is that they changed the stats instead of being like an 18 and you had to multiply by five to get your 90 that you were rolling against. They just, you do that right from the beginning. They're, they're percentages. So all your stats, right? yeah, they're all percentages. Yeah. yeah. So all, everything's percentages. Um, they've added in a luck uh, stat that you can then burn luck if it doesn't have to do with an insanity roll and some combat rolls, you know, like you can't burn luck for damage and stuff like that. Then, um, and so you can burn some luck, but your luck goes down and it doesn't go back up very, very quick. So you can burn up your luck over the course of a game. And then, um, uh, you also, they added in, instead of being like minus 10% or minus 20%, 
it's uh, they added in the advantage disadvantage dice. So uh, that that makes so if anything's a plus, you just add an advantage dice. You know, um, so it, it I think it runs pretty fast, and there's not a whole lot of difference. Sandy still Sandy, you still burn it, you still go down. <laughs> you know, you still go insane. So uh, Sandy's, Sandy's one, of the great, one of the greatest. That if if Sandy Peterson's remembered for anything, it has to be the, the Sandy thing because it's great. Rule. It, yeah, that's the first is. game where you could basically just go nuts and you lose because everybody in the party is wandering around the old asylum and they're all chewing their hands off or they're banging their head against the wall or they're screaming that don't let the toads near me. I mean, so that, that I mean that was, that was the greatest mechanic ever. The fact that you had Sandy and when somebody's there at the table and they roll up, you know, they roll their character, they roll up a 25 Sandy. Everybody just kind of shakes their head and looks at them like, yeah, yeah. He ain't laughing long. You're not going to be here very long. Don't give him the Tommy gun. He does not get the Tommy gun because he is going to go crazy really quick. And he's going to be shooting everybody. So, the guy with 95, yeah. he gets the guns. Give the guns to that guy. Uh, well, you know, we had the – and what I like is that so many different things can happen. You know, in D&D, when you fail your fear check, you just run away. I mean, or right. freeze and play. Um, but, you know, I loved that in 6E, and I still use those charts from 6E, and I think they reproduced them in 7. To be honest, I didn't even look because I like these too much. Right. And they had 10 different things that could happen. And of course, I put them on a dice, so now I can just roll the dice. But <laughs> another great Kickstarter. I have your you. You had some great. I'm, I'm sorry, the segue here. You had some great dice with body parts on them. Insanity. I mean, you have all kinds of cool dice. I bought a few of those dice too. They're those are great. Yeah, but you you roll the die or you roll on the chart. I hate looking up charts, so that's why I put them on die. You roll the die, and all of a sudden, this guy goes catatonic when everybody else is trying to run away. Or they're fighting the monster, and you got suicidal tendencies, okay? And so, which happened at North Texas uh, about three years ago, and a flying polyp comes running in, and they're trying to cast this spell to convert this, you know, this guy had to commit, you know, uh, to bring in the soul of this ancient warrior who's dead to fight it, and everybody's fighting and running around and doing stuff. And this guy goes insane and gets suicidal mania. And so he's like, well, I put my gun to my head and then I go around the table and nobody stopped him. I come back and he goes, I guess I pulled the trigger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, yeah. I mean, you know, so things like that can happen. And uh, you, you just don't get that kind of stuff in D&D. It was fantastic. Everybody loved, I think they voted him for a uh, best role player and won the prize. I like to give out prizes in my game. My, my best insanity ever is we, we were running the the classic old Call of Cthulhu adventure Shadows of Yog Soth is where oh, yeah. at the end they actually go to they go to rely and then Cthulhu rises and they have to get the hell out of there, just like the original story. And so at the end, they're all running out of this temple. So I make all the players roll, uh, you know, Sandy roll because they've they've seen too much. Cthulhu is actually chasing them. Cthulhu is chasing them, and so one guy fails, fails horribly. Like I mean, just you know, his mm -hmm. Sandy was already it was really low by that time anyway. And so I said, okay, well, you're nuts. Cthulhu's chasing. I'll let you do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? Because I take my butcher knife and I run at Cthulhu to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good deal. That's pretty awesome. So he he had he picked up a butcher knife and some he was he was crazy. He was doing weird the player was having him do really weird things. So he drops his gun, grabs a butcher knife, and rushes Cthulhu and hits him in the toe. (laughs) And as the rest of the party is like, way to go, buddy, we're out of here. And so yeah, mercifully was crushed to death the next round by Cthulhu. But I thought that was a great one. I was like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you just do whatever you want to do because you're 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 completely permanently insane right now. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on Cthulhu with a butcher knife. Like, okay, let's just let's do it, baby. Let's see. Oh happens. yeah. Well, yeah, I was playing uh, when I was playtesting Star on the Shore. It's been out long enough. Spoiler alert for anybody who wants to. So at the end, they had they're fighting the Star Spawn, and. Oh, we're getting some feedback there. Um, but the party had was all dead, and this one lady just had these bundles of dynamite, and she's like, "I just go to hugging." Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they, they light, her some kind of light her up. <laughs> well, did she end up blowing up the creature? Oh yeah, she oh, she well, did. Hey, it worked. Well, I mean, they had like Sorta. ten bundles of dynamite. Oh my dear God! Yeah, uh, yeah, it just like rocked the city. So it was great. So. I had another. I had another call. Speaking of dynamite and fire, so I I had one group that was a long time group that played, and and they basically their solution to everything was to burn everything down at the end. At the end of every adventure, they burned down. They burned it out to the point where I had. The police investigate them for arson because so many places <laughs> they've been to were burned down. So at one point they're and so they did this. So at one point they're running along in their jalopy and it's full of gasoline. I mean, like because they're going to go burn. Of course they're going to go burn down this house, like the Marsh Mansion or whatever. There's all these uh, deep ones in there, and so it's it's dark. There's no lights on the road. They're driving a Model T, whatever, and so. There's two two of the characters. They actually both played. They're gangsters. They were gang- and they they were like they worked for the other richer characters. And so when they wanted something done, the rich characters would dial would call them up and say, "Please come here and get rid of stuff." So they would burn they burn the house down, or they burn the police station down, or they burn the barn down. Wherever something happened, so they're going along. And so for fun, I said, "Okay, do y'all make your luck rolls." And they both failed miserably. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> Big Ed, you're smoking a cigar. <laughs> you got a car full of gasoline. You just hit a bump in the road. I had them roll again, and they failed. And I said, the new story the next day. <laughs> Fireball and engulfs, engulfs highway. You know, pieces of body are found everywhere. We think we, we suspect the dead included gangsters, you know, Big Al Jones or whatever. Like, are we really dead? I said, yes, you're really dead. You're, you're really car, dead. You had like 16 gallons of gasoline in the car or whatever. <laughs> And, and yes, you, you blew the car up. You're gone. It, it's a fire. All right. Oh. All right. I got I, I to tell this story about burning things down. So I'm playing The Haunting, except a, everybody knows at the end of Haunting, you got Corbett uh, in the basement, right? Spoiler alert. All right. You know, 80-year-old. That's been out 40 years old. So, yeah, 40 years old. Right. Yeah. All right. I had changed it, so he had this protection spell on him. And this was to keep the guys from just being able to run in and just gun him down, right? right. Which you can do. Yeah. Um, anyway, but he had this like shield, uh, magical shield protection that protected him from uh, normal uh, attacks, including fire. Well, they burnt the house down and left. Okay. Okay, we, we took so, care of that. Yeah. 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 So then they hear on the news. <laughs> all right. They turn on the radio, and there's this news of all these firefighters and police getting slaughtered. <laughs> Out in the street oh, where they went no. to fight the fire. <laughs> the players hop in the car, rush back out there. They see Corbin out there. It's just a freaking blood. 
You make them do oh, Santa yes. because, oh, because they basically led to the death of about, you know, two dozen police officers. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, uh, that was great. You've told they me that never... story. That's, yeah, that oh, was, it's a great story. I love that. Yeah, that's a terrible way to uh, to mess with the characters, but <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, I, I think even the book itself, I think he's immune to kinetic energy, or, or it doesn't affect him very much. So that's within the. He's you know, got some some protection. Yeah. He can take about you know ten or twenty points of it damage. Fires kinetic he's... energy. So sorry, man. Yeah. Fire yeah. <laughs> They went home. They had they had a beer, kicked back, listened to their game, the Dodger game on the radio. Attention. We're breaking in. Like, oh, we screwed up really bad. Yes, they got that. But that's the whole point of Call of Cthulhu, right? I mean, the successes oh. are great, but the failures are almost just as fun. Oh yes, True. great stuff. But yeah, um, so I think. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was just gonna say. You know, I, I love, like, that just goes like to the whole thing. Corsairs of C- uh, Cthulhu, my Kickstarter, uh, is a whole campaign. Oh, I know and, I was going to ask you, are you running any Call of Cthulhu games at North Texas this year? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I am. Out of Corsairs of Cthulhu. Uh, I'm going to run, uh, I'm only running one night, uh, Saturday night, like I usually do, because Thursday night I do the Paranoia Clone. Uh, but... Saturday, I am. It's going to be a double adventure, and I think the players going to be have a blast. But the campaign, I've been running it since September, and we run every week for a couple of hours, and then we talk about you know what happened and, and improvements I can make. And we're still going, and I'd say they're about two thirds of the way through the adventure, so it's going to be a long campaign. Yeah. And I, you know, you can pull parts out and just do one shots, but I think it's going to be great. So, what, what year does this take place in? Of course, there's a Cthulhu. Uh, so it covers the uh, 1650 to 1730. So uh, the campaign actually takes place in 1697. So right in the middle of the golden age there of piracy. And I, oh, nice. Know. Yeah. Good deal. So, well, um, yeah, de- de- definitely check check it out and back it. I'm back. I'm sure Eric's backed it too. And uh, oh, and, I, and you you remind me of one thing too. You run a paranoia game every year because you ran it one year. Everybody had such a great time that Doug makes you run a paranoia game every year. He, yes, he he bought the uh, own your soul level on one of my kickstarters. So <laughs> he told me I had to run paranoia, but I actually don't run paranoia anymore. They pissed oh, me okay. off. Okay. Uh, so I created my own paranoia clone called Zeta Complex, and That's so, right. yeah. uh, so. But yeah, uh, the people who make paranoia really chat me off. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you chat off Ben. Ben moves yeah, on. Says, oh, I move on. Uh, you know, and what's funny now is there because all right. So the story is, uh, I had written, I'd run a, I write a new adventure every year for North Texas and run it every Thursday night. And I'd written one called Maybe Clones Aren't Such a Good Thing, and uh, it. Somebody made Jurassic Park in the future. I love dinosaurs. What can I say? You know, and as an adult, nobody ever comes and asks me what my favorite dinosaur is anymore. It's like they don't even care. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, there were, we had a lot of great players in there. Zach was in that game. Um, but uh, Alana was in oh, it. Anyway. You had a lot of great players and Zach was in Zach, there. Zach, yeah, okay, yeah. Technical. <laughs> And they were playing the characters from the movie 
Jurassic Park. They just didn't realize it, you know. But <laughs> anyway, they had a great time. It was so much fun. They told me, you have to print this up. And so I just got some high school girl to do art, and I, I typed it up, and I printed it. It was more just, you know, here it is. It looks looks bad, but the adventure is fantastic, and I really loved it. And I put it uh, up on drive through RPG, and I was selling it for like 99 cents. Um, and it doesn't actually say Paranoia anywhere on it, okay? Well, the people who make Paranoia contacted drive through and said, he needs to take that down. He's violating our copyright. And I was like, I don't think I am actually. And drive through said, nope, we're going to back with the bigger guys. Uh, so, yeah, and they said, unless you can get them to agree to let you do it. Okay. So I contacted them and I said, listen, there's paranoia nowhere in here. And they're like, we don't care. We think you're violating our copyright. All right. I'm like, which copyright am I violating? Because I don't have anything about paranoia. And he's saying, well, the whole idea concept of this world and i'm going okay you can't copyright that <laughs> <All right? Yeah. laughs> anyway they said well we're not going to let you do it i said i'll tell you what i'll just put it on and let people pay what they want i won't even charge anything i'll give it away for free people can pay what they want and you know usually you'll get 100 people 99 will take it for free and one guy will give you 10 cents you know yeah, pretty much uh, so, and they said, no, you can't even do that. And I said, all right. Man, they were going to be hard asses about this. Wow. Yeah. I said, I tell you what, I license to Chaosium. I write really good Call of Cthulhu books. I will do the same for you. I tell you what, let's write a contract. I will pay you a percentage of any profits. I'll I have about 10 paranoia modules ready to roll out the door. You know, I could have these out and three or four years, I can have them all out and be writing more for you, right? I'll do them professional, you know, the whole bit, and y'all just get free money. And they're like, no, we're not really interested in this. God. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and so I said, screw y'all then. I'm going to make my own game, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and so, so now we have now, complex. Yes. Now we have data complex, and now they're looking for people to license with them to write modules. <laughs> did, did you uh, did you say? Can you hear this? Anyway, so with any luck, data complex will be a hit in Kickstarter later this year. So that's the plan. We'll see. Nice. I'm looking yeah. for the uh, fall time frame, third well, fourth quarter. So. Definitely, definitely hit me up when you do. Because listen, I, I loved Paranoia. I uh, bought Paranoia first edition when it came out. Yep, didn't, that's what didn't, I played. <laughs> didn't, didn't have the dice in it. I wrote nope. a letter okay. to. Listen, this was back in, you know, the what the the early '80s, and you know, dice were gold. Yeah. You don't 83, 84, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah. You don't include my dice. You, you're, you're hurting me. And <laughs> uh, I wrote a letter, and I still have it. It's still in pristine condition. Uh, I get this letter back, uh, signed by Ken Rolston. Uh, it, it's on it's on block matrix, not dot matrix. The, the block matrix was <laughs> one, one step higher. And step it starts out as a professional letter, and then the computer breaks in saying it must be, I must be. Uh, a traitor because the computer never makes any mistakes. <laughs> it's great. I'll ha actually I'll have to uh, uh, rescan it. I haven't scanned it in a number of years. And, oh, that's and awesome. It. And, but I, I have the letter. I never got dice. 
Oh, they they never sent me my wow. fucking dice. But, <laughs> but that being said, I actually uh, was a playtester for Hill Street Blues. Uh, or, or Hill Street, Hill Sector Blues, whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Because they, they used to be located in Manhattan, in New York City. And they had an open call for playtesters, and me and two of my buddies went down. And when you're playtesting sitting at somebody's work desk, and one of your friends is sitting on the desk because that's the space you have to play on. It's an interesting <laughs> situation. We were let in from like the back door where, where like uh, the freight comes in. And I was just like, "This is bizarre," but uh, it was an experience. So yeah, I, I, have, I have fond memories of running paranoia. I really yeah. do. I, I played it for years. I loved it. You know, it just kind of. Not a big fan of these new guys who are running it. So no, that would anyway. be that would be mongoose if my memory serves me well. The, yeah. The only, so. the only thing I remember about call or play, we, we never play paranoia, but I remember buying um, is it Black Blocks Clearance Blues? Yes, um, back by uh, John. That is one John of the Ford. best RPG adventures ever written. Not just paranoia. It is absolutely yeah. one of the best RPG adventures ever written. It's if if somebody wants to learn how to write RPGs. Um, that is, I would say get a uh, what is it the yellow black, black, black is it the yellow clearance black box blues if yes. I remember right yellow clearance uh, it's, it's absolutely one of the best RPG adventures ever written it really is written but written by Fabricard by John Ford who is or was a professional science fiction he, writer he was a science fiction writer and it, but no, and it's amazing a great, it's a great adventure if you read it it's just it's a bunch of set pieces that all tie together it has one of the best ending scenes in any RPG of all time, where basically everybody they fought, the entire long adventure all come together <laughs> once yeah. It is hilarious. So, yeah, it's it's a... Anybody that wants to learn how to write a good RPG adventure, there's a few things you would buy. I mean, Master Yarthip would be one of them, but Yellow Black's Box Clarence Blues is definitely one of the ones you have to buy. That's wow. and like I said, I didn't even play Paranoia. I read that and just was like, "Wow, I'm in the presence of greatness. This is a, this is a yeah. great freaking adventure. It is. It's good. It's really good. Well, cool. Well, um, so um, we we talked to Ben there and found out about his Kickstarter and all the good stuff. And so there's something I've been wanting to talk about with Eric all week, and we kind of. We kind of touched on it a couple of nights ago, but we didn't really get into it. And I thought you might have thoughts on this. And I'm talking about um, our buddy, James Raggy and Lamentations oh, of the Princess. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw this out there because I, 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 I'm so, so I'd like to comment. I'm just, you know, I've got this page on Facebook and we, we posted, I guess it was last, was it last year when he made that really really wacky video. The video. He's in the where, park in Finland in the night and he's walking around. And it's really cold and he's ranting about how he's going to reinvent gaming and he doesn't want to pay salaries anymore. He's not going to pay artists. It's just, it's really odd. It's really weird. And it, it, was, it, it was scary and I had Rach watch part of it. Remember, she is a social worker so uh, you can say she's a mental health professional and <laughs> she was like, wow, if, if if he like reported to one of his sessions with me like that, she goes, I, I would be like, you know, calling an ambulance to have him mentally evaluated. <laughs> like, yeah. Next yeah, pretty much. It, it didn't it didn't look good. And uh, listen, um I, I think James must have known it didn't look good either. Because he uh looking to get some counseling for his mental health and being denied by 
the Finnish government. So he he, he said he said a rough year la- uh, last year because he wasn't able to go to conventions, and it turns out he made like what about sixty percent of his money from conventions. Yeah, um, he had a financial crisis, and he went ahead and basically um, begged the fans to help him, and they did. They came through in a big way, and uh, he was sent quite a bit of money for you know on orders. So so. For, I think it was tax money he owed, right? He owed some well, tax no, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't tax money. He had taken loans out from the Finnish government for his business. The loans were coming due. Right. That was that was the issue. And when they say they were coming due, it was over six figures in American currency, USD. Wow. And um, he had to raise the money pretty quickly or else the dream of limitations would have been over and done. And he, yes, and he did. Now, you're saying that 60% of James's income is from conventions. Well, let's say 30% of his income probably came from Zach Smith. I mean, uh, honestly, you know, so between conventions coming to an end because of the pandemic and uh, Zach Smith being unpersoned, and by the way, Anybody's listening to this and is saying that oh, dear Ken, Ken Carr is an apologist for Let's fucking do Zach this Smith. Again, Hold on a second. I got a message for you. All right? It's a visual. Sorry, in a podcast, you can't see it. Okay? I, I personally think Zach is a piece of You know, and you've shit. only said that for the last right. few years, and anybody that's aware of your interaction with him know that. I can't believe somebody took you to task and basically accused you of loving on Zach right. on Facebook when it is you have made it extremely obvious the past decade what right. you feel, how you feel about Zach and he, he and by the way there's no love lost between no, him no. And you either he, he can't stand you either Zach wouldn't piss on me that one person to go over the top and just say well you must be taken up Zach that was the most ludicrous thing right. that's the most brain dead out of context thing I've ever Scene was that guy trying to take you to task for you must just love Zach because you're well, yeah, because because you're, you're not taking the accusations against him uh, as truth. And I'm like, listen, I can I, I know Zach is a piece of shit. I know from my personal experience, and I can you know. And you're not saying Zach didn't do those things. You're just right, saying just, there, there's no. It's a he said she said. There's I, no. I, I can't prove it. No, right. And, you can't prove you know, I I can't prove it, and therefore, listen. And to put this in perspective for the folks out there, I, I did my 20 years as an NYPD uh, police officer and sergeant, but I left out of internal affairs. And the thing with internal affairs is there were basically different ways cases could be closed. And it was founded means you fucking did it. Unfounded, we can prove uh, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Um, unsubstantiated. We don't fucking know if you did it or that we can't prove it either way. So it is unsubstantiated. And what is the worst blemish you can have? A bunch of unsubstantiated claims against you because you can say you didn't do it. Well, there's no proof either way, but it's still on your record. Listen, there are unsubstantiated claims that Zach, beyond being a piece of shit uh, to people individually like myself and others in the community, uh, has claims against him that are uh, sexual harassment or sexual abuse. But yeah, both, from my perspective, they're, they're unsubstantiated. I'm not saying that they're false claims. I'm not saying that they're truthful claims. We can't prove them one way or the other, but they're a blemish on him, and he's never going to wipe that one off unless 
somehow he goes to court and can prove himself one way well, or the other. So, so that, that's so that's basically took a yeah. long trip there to to show you that James had a rough year because he lost yeah. Zach. He, he's he's lost money. This that, and so he made the crazy video outside. So. Um, I just made the point that I've been, uh, you know, I, I'm on, I have Facebook, I have Lamentations of Flame Princess Facebook page, and James, po you know, posts quite a bit. Um, he's having, once again, having issues, having financial problems, uh, saying he can't pay artists. If you do art for him, it's going to be on spec, uh, writers in the same way. Uh, and he just had a post recently where somebody, question about something and he flipped out and and was just basically going crazy. so eric and i are reading this and we're like well you know at what point i mean we and we love lamentations products yeah we think james is all you know, james is cool but at what point do you say you know what maybe this isn't gonna work because it just sounds like james and lamentations is having a really really bad last two years and it doesn't look like anything he's doing now he keeps referring to the fact that what he's doing now is so pushing the envelope that it's going to cancel him. he's going to be canceled once this comes out because it's so over the top which and i think that's where he has to go now he has to, he's already been shock jock now he's got to be like like over the top shock jock just shock, shock, yeah right. Yeah. So, so we kind of had a talk. We're like, you know, we're just this in, is this, is it almost time for James to hang it up and just say, you know, I made a good, I did a, what he did about a decade of this. He did a decade. Um, he made a pretty good run, put out, put out some over great a product, decade. I, but maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time if, to hang it up. Maybe, maybe, maybe if, this is it. If your business model relies upon unpaid interns to do the work for you because. Oh yeah. Cause that was the post he made. Yeah. It was, it was that, yeah. Hey, uh, how can I get unpaid? I live in Finland. How can I get unpaid interns to do the work for me? And he had a lot of people suggesting, well, you have to do this and this. Well, it turns out you can't have unpaid interns to do it for you if it's profit work. <laughs> it's only charity <laughs> work or something like that. So, <laughs> so, I mean, he's to the point now where he wants, he wants unpaid interns to help him to do packaging and stuff. He needs artists, but he can't pay you up front. Front, which Ben, do you know for many artists that work without any pay up front? Oh um, yeah, exposure <laughs> always pays the rent. I yeah, heard exposure, that. Exposure, yeah. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and then and then his writers, he's telling writers like, well, just knock me out with something, and I'll give you, you know, I'll do give you eighty percent of profit. I mean, he's basically not going to pay anything for it. So I, I just don't, you know, I'm thinking. It worked for a long time. He brought some great product. Maybe it's just time to hang it up for him. I mean, and and maybe I'm completely wrong. And, if, and James, I'd love if you saw this somehow some of our attention. You got in touch with us and let us know what's going on because it just sounds like things are not going well. And this may be the the twilight of Lamentations here. I know, and you hate to see that because Lamentations oh, is definitely. great. Yeah, you know, I, I loved it, but you know, I yeah, it, it's they're suffering right now. So. Well, well, dare I say this? Sounds like it's not the lamentations, but the death knell. I mean, that's really what it what it's coming down to. I mean, it, it's been the perfect storm for James, and I understand it. And listen, I'm, oh, not wait, I'm also, sorry, Jay, let, let me interrupt you real quick. Uh, I forgot this totally, um, uh, Tenkar. Um, he also just had an issue where he miscalculated shipping, or, or shipping was oh, raised God. in the last time, and we and you know. 
from Kickstarter. Oh, and, and shipping and will kill you. Yes, and he just had an issue where basically shipping went. He actually he messed something up, or they didn't tell him the right thing. So it turns out he's going to lose a buttload on the last on shipping, and he doesn't even know how he's going to ship product after a certain date because apparently the shipping's going up so much he can't even afford to ship anymore. So I'm sorry, so he's got that going on top of all yeah. the other stuff we've already mentioned. It's a, it's a perfect storm. It literally is, and. Um, you have to realize too that people like the lamentation stuff, but not because it's stuff that you can use at your table because it it looks physically amazing. The PDFs are are fine if you want to read them, but you want those books on your shelf. They're they're the they're the gamer coffee table books that people are going to look at and go, "Oh, well, what the hell is this with this?" Bleeding vagina or whatever you have going on. Yeah. You know, you I know, don't put that on my coffee table. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, I mean, really, historically, the Lamentation stuff has been very eye-catching. You look at it and you go, oh, my God, that is something. And the quality of the hardcovers, top-notch. You can't say that James has half-assed any of his stuff. He certainly has it. But now the question becomes, going forward, if you can't pay your writers up front, you can't pay your artists up front, and you want uh, free interns to do your grunt work for you, um, what do you have? And let's, let's be honest, too. He's an American living in Finland. So it's not like he has much to fall back upon if he can't make his business there. Because then what happens? Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I don't think he has. I mean, he's been there for so long. I don't think he has a lot uh, here anymore. And, and so that's this is an example. This is the kind of post he's been making lately. He's having he's having problems. He's having, I mean, I want to call him up and say, hey, pal, what's I mean, I really want to email him because I, I've had really good exchanges with him for, on email last few years. I, it's like I want to take him and give him a hug. I mean, that's how bad things sound like they're getting for him, you know, and, and just seeing him on that video, how how terrible that looked and just seeing these recent posts about how apparently the shipping has gone way up, which we all know frog God, we're having the same issues, which is why we don't ship overseas right. anymore. Well, the problem is a huge amount of James's business is shipping to the United States. I mean, it really is. Right. And so he can't not ship overseas. Now frog God, we don't ship overseas anymore. We do, um, uh, POD in the country of origin. And that has saved us so much time and money and just an incredible amount of, Missing shipments, broken shipments, lost. I mean, just all these problems we've had, we don't have to worry about it anymore. James can, that's not what he does. He sells really nice premium books that he has to end up shipping from overseas. And if shipping goes up, which shipping has been going up anyway, but if this oh, yeah. proposed, proposed uh, European raise uh, in shipping goes up, um, it's going to be hard for Jim to or James to afford to ship. I mean, really, so he, you're right. It's a perfect storm of all these just lousy things yeah. happening to him. And, you know, we've seen, I mean, look, TSR went under at one point. TSR, who was basically printing money in the 80s, by the 90s couldn't pay their printer anymore. And, and you know, it had to be bought out by Watsy. So it's not like if you're not a successful company, you know, bad things can't happen to you. It happens all the That's time. That's true. Um, I, I just, I'm just curious about where, where we are with James. And, you know, honestly, I, I think he's a good enough person that I'd hate to see something bad happen to him in terms of mental health issue because it just right. seems like he's just having some really, really rough times right now. And um, 
you know, I know he got divorced from his wife too a few years ago, which is, you know, probably doesn't help. And he just, he just had, he just had a rough time. And so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. I don't know if this means that Lamentations is his last gasp. I mean, or if he's going to turn this around. I mean, if I had to guess, I don't know which way I'd go. I mean, I'm really, I really don't know. As, I think as long as James can hold it together, I think he can make the company profitable again. But he's got to be able to hold it together. And just the Lamentations, the Flame Princess Facebook page, you go there, it's just, it's just not good. It's just not good stuff. Well, I mean, Mike, here's part of the issue too. If you, if your business plan includes taking loans out that go over six figures for your RPG company and uh, you get to the point where those notes are coming due and you have to put a call out that we have to raise $100,000 or more to pay off these notes, which yeah. means that money, that money is not going into uh, James for living expenses. It's going to pay off debt notes. Why haven't these notes been paid off over the years before they suddenly came due? You knew they were going to be coming due. So that sure. that 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 has other issues involved, whether you want to say it's just poor business planning or it's one of those, uh, you know, so sometimes we get into that mindset of if I don't think about it and close my eyes, like that term paper that's due tomorrow, and I was like, oh, shit, I got 12 pages I got to write in the next 12 hours. I, can you do it? Yeah. Are you going to do it well? Probably n no. I mean, so James got – he did he, – he got himself out of that hole, but he did it by – you know, pretty much digging another hole. You didn't. You didn't make profit, or you you sold six. You sold over a hundred thousand dollars worth of product, but it wasn't actual profit. It was just paying off debt, and that's sure. and that's rough. Right. And so now you're just even, but you're behind again already, right? Especially right. if that's all he does for a living, right? So, yeah. Yep. And that's and it, and as far as I understand, it's all that James does for a living uh, is. Publishing with limitations, and again, he did great. Listen, last summer, did I say, "Hey, there's a chance to buy some of James's stuff"? Uh, yeah, and if you bought it through, if and if you bought it, here's the thing: if you bought it through James directly, you could buy a lot of his stuff through an American distributor that James has uh, a contract with. But if you wanted all the charge keys that came with it, you had to buy it from James from in Finland. But if you bought everything, the shipping was free. Oh. Oh. You know? And now with the under international shipping going yep. one way straight up, yeah, that's that's a tough one. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, that's one of the reasons that Frog Guy got out of international shipping too. It wasn't just the fact that half the stuff we were sending was either getting lost or damaged. is because we felt – we just didn't feel it was right to ask a low customer – the UK or France or Germany to pay a hundred dollars shipping or more on some of this stuff and then have to pay VAT tax on top of that. Uh, VAT oh, value no. tax on top of that. And so oh, we were looking at God. people that don't give me on VAT taxes. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. And so we, we were having people that were, you know, like, hey, can you help me here? I just had to pay $180. And we're like, there's nothing we could do. I, I mean that that is your own your own country collects that. We can't right. lie on the box and say this box of stuff is only worth ten dollars. We have to put on there it's worth ninety five dollars, which means you're going to get taxed out the wazoo. So yeah, it's it's, it's just it sucks because 
uh, you know, I've been doing buying and selling training online since 1992. And at one point, I remember I did the, the analytics of my, um, of my sales and I had 50% of my sales were international, 50%. You know what they are now guys, less than 5% because I cannot afford to ship overseas. And, and I, it's wrong to ask somebody that wants to buy one D and D module from me to pay $55 shipping. Which, oh God. You know, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just, I just don't make very many sales overseas, which sucks because I had some of the best customers I ever had back in the, you know, the nineties and even the aughts were overseas people that would just like, yeah, you know, okay, it's $25, $20, no problem. Well now a flat rate envelope to the UK is 35, 35, yeah, $35 for a flat rate envelope. One that's one, that's like three items. I mean, so I I will ask, and if it's a box, it's $55. So I'm sorry, uh, 55 to Canada, it's 75 uh, to UK. 55 to Canada, they don't even, they can drive it across the border in Canada. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, why, that's why a lot of Canadians that live near the border either have a post office box in the States or they have a, a, an arrangement where they have stuff shipped to the States and they drive over the border a couple times a month to pick up their stuff. Uh, I don't uh, know, Greg, Greg Gillespie. Um, I'm pretty sure he gets his stuff printed in the United States and ships from here because I don't think you can do it otherwise. I really don't. I, I don't think you, you could have it printed in Canada and ship outside of Canada because you're going to lose money. The Canadian dollar is not as strong as the American dollar. Right. No matter what you're doing. I mean, Greg made, I want to say he made $60,000. I mean, I'm saying Canadian, Canadian, I think he made like 89000 but that's only like $60,000 American um, right. for his last Kickstarter. So, well, I know that shipping inside of Canada is insane too. So really? I'm, yeah, I'm looking at my estimated book, the Corsairs one, and I got a estimated weight for it. And for me to ship it from here to Canada is $30 to ship the book. Just put it in a box, wow. ship it there, 30 bucks. And, uh, but I got somebody in Canada who's going to distribute them for me. So I can ship them UPS to there. And then from there, they can break them down and ship them out. But even inside of Canada, from you know one spot in Canada to another, it's going to cost them $18 to ship the book. So I have to take the UPS cost, divide it by how many books go there, and that's how much uh, it goes, plus the 18 So even with the distributor in Canada, it's probably going to run close to $25 a person to, to get their book. You know, and that's with the distributor in Canada. It's just and this is why this is why uh, print on demand is becoming so big because yep. it's one way around that. And that's like I said, Frog God, we crunched all the numbers and we found that was what we could afford to do was print on demand. And well, so far, I've been, I mean, you can't, have you been I mean, happy with the quality? Because I've seen some print on demand stuff that looks the, like the shit. problem. The problem it's is, a, and what you're saying, Vance, the problem is the quality is variable. We've seen some beautiful books. I mean, like. The person wrote us and said this was the nicest stuff I've ever seen. Blah, blah blah, and we've seen some stuff that's just trash. I mean, it came through. But the great thing about most of the print on demand is you can ask for it to be reprinted. And ninety percent of the time, when they reprint it, it's in it's in better shape. It's they had something wrong that day. The guy wasn't aligning things right. He pushed the wrong right. button. God knows mm-hmm. why. And we had something a while back where all the italic stuff was invisible. It was gone. Out of a book, I, I, it was a run, oh, a run of like Toma horrors or something, and yeah, all the italic stuff was gone. But well, they fixed. Well, then people got the book, complained about it, so we had it fixed. But then their second shipment was fine. So it, it's it's variable quality. That's the that's the problem with print on demand. But that's really the only way financially we can do it anymore. Um, we we can't afford to send hundred dollar books overseas. It's just they're too heavy, they're too expensive, and 
and the, the I think the the big struggle camels back last year is we had one month where we had over one thousand dollars in um, lost and damaged shipments, and we're like, this is not. I mean, we're not a huge company. We it's hard for us to absorb these kind of losses, you know. And, yeah, and, I've and I've was, luckily never had that issue, but I've got a uh, company in the UK now who's going to distribute it for me. So I'm having my printer actually ship them a bunch and then I'm getting a bunch and then they're going to ship from the UK out to the EU and all of that's going to be covered and hopefully it'll work out. So that's the plan. And then I, I love media mail in the U S is the greatest yeah. mail system. <laughs> we can ship a book, you know, even if it's a hundred dollar book, we can ship it for five, you know, dollars across the, the U S and it's just, uh, well, see, we just started shipping the uh, Swords Wizardry box sets. By the way, Eric very ugly showed off his, and I don't even have a copy yet. He's got. Mm-hmm. I haven't got mine we, either. You see, we couldn't right. ship, we couldn't ship those uh, media mail. Ben, you're right, right. because because of the box. it's like dice in them or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Just, yeah and then the box and all this stuff. So we couldn't ship those media mail, and so we had a big discussion about that. What format we wanted, and we definitely wanted the box format. And we decided in the end, we said, you know what, it's worth it because it, it looks good, it looks cool, it's going to look great on your shelf. We're going to go with the box format, but we're going to, but the shipping, we're just going to have to make the buyer pay the shipping. I mean, it's going to suck, but that's you know we're going to have yeah. to do because it's not a it, book. well, like my map, <laughs> the three D printed ones will oh, actually yeah, yeah. get. They're going to get shipped separate from the books. Sure. So <laughs> I'm going to well, ship the book, media mail and these go into a box and go, you know, um, USPS, whatever, you know, first class mail. So, uh, but anyway, I, I gotta, I gotta say these boxes though are such high quality boxes. You can't see it. My, my virtual screen keeps on blocking it out. Yeah, we, but yeah, we, we, these boxes are nice. This is something you could absolutely, um, pat Matt Finch and Zach Glazer on the back, and I, I, I don't like to pat myself on the back, but I'll do it. But um, one, of the things, <laughs> one of the things we talked about for years was was doing this, and we had we had said we have to have high quality boxes because yeah. so many of the boxes that come out nowadays are, are just cheap. They're just cheap boxes. Boxes. Sword Wizardry white box set by uh, Brave Halfling. Yeah, yeah. That thing fucking came in the mail with one of the corners busted on me. You know, the 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 Troller games finally have better boxes. But I remember we were talking about the Castles of Gig a few weeks ago with Jeff Tulane. That's that's an awful box, terrible box. Now their boxes are much better now because they do a lot more quality control. That's like we do too. So we we had sample boxes sent to us to to see which ones we thought would be better and would hold up better. So we we did. I mean, especially Matt and, and. and Zach, they deserve a lot of kudos. That they did a lot of work making sure that that looked really nice. And no, we, are. we should probably have a show about that after the convention about the Source Wizardry box set because it's it's an amazing product. There's so many cool things about it. The way that the digest stuff all fits in there. And when we we're going to have digest supplements that come out later and you're going to be able to put them all in that one box and carry that box around and that's going to be what you carry to conventions if you want to play Swords of Wizardry so and that was all planned cool. out we did that all on purpose and we I, I think that's a great idea also and so uh I'm really I'm really proud of that box that that was a that was a labor of love for us and uh awesome you know, using different fingers this time you know two right? up. <laughs> It looks yeah. great. It don't does t- look great. Don't tell Zach. I. I. You can tell Matt. Right, to, you can tell Matt. Right. Awesome. Don't, tell, don't tell Zach. I think he's awesome. Uh, I, I, we'll tell. We'll tell Matt. You gave him an attaboy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, gets, Matt gets a thumbs up. He's a genius. 
Zach. You know, he's, he, he, he's, Zach. he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's managed to live in Mad Shadow long enough. He's he's doing all right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> he's not listening. He doesn't listen to our show. He's not listening to our show. He listens I'm to his wife's Health. not here. His wife's not here. But, you know. He listens to Gamer's Health on Saturdays. Oh well, you know, he's yeah. Whatever. He, he needs some help though. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we do address mental health, emotional health, maybe, maybe physical health. I, Zach and I do our morning workouts in VR. So, well, you know, physical health is real important to me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that's for mental health. There. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. same thing. Yeah, same difference. Um, yeah, I heard about I'm you guys playing. Uh, tea, so. You guys play video games online like a bunch of little little kids. I've heard about. Yes. That, so. I, listen, I we get to play uh, Elven Assassin when we get to play uh, Elven Archers, killing shit. Good exercise, and uh, we do virtual racquetball. And I haven't broken anything in my living room yet, so that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> I would destroy half of my. Oh, thing. dude, I've 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 whacked into the TV cabinet like three times, and both and those each of those times I went, oh, thank God it wasn't the TV itself. Yeah. So you know, but yeah, no, it, it the racquetball especially you finish that and you go. Now, now you have a VR helmet, right? Or VR? Yeah. Uh, VR, uh, the yeah. Oculus Two. Yep. Oculus Two. Yep. Because I know Zach has been real. Zach is the first person that ever showed me VR. It's been quite a few years now, and I remember even back then I was absolutely flabbergasted about how amazing it is because I'd heard about it oh, but never actually seen it. And when you see yeah. it, you're just like. The, the Oculus Two is oh, is leaps and bounds beyond anything I looked at like even two and a half years ago. It's I was cool. like the the immersion is like. Holy! Well, of course, first thing, first thing I told Zach was, "This is going to revolutionize the porn industry." <laughs> I mean, this is, and he's like, that, "Oh yeah, that would be right where you go first. And I was yeah, like, oh, you know, just uh, think about it. I mean, this is like amazing. I think it already it's, has. So. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing because it's like you're really there. I'm like, this is going to revolutionize the porn industry. But no, but yeah, oh. it's 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 cool unless you've actually seen it. And they're getting affordable, aren't they? Eric? They're actually getting to where they uh, get I think you can get the uh, what's it? The Oculus is it two ninety nine? Mm-hmm. Oculus 2. I'm not sure if that was for the uh, 16 or the 32 gig, whatever it was, but, but listen, I got to say, um, I-, I am impressed with it. And they have uh, Dimos. It's like a, a dungeon crawler where you actually move your token, not even a token, your miniature, and you roll this polyhedral die. And uh, <laughs> I-, I only played the demo uh, the night before last. And I was impressed. I wasn't, I wasn't like bowled over, but I was impressed with the potential. And uh, I haven't played it with a group yet. I'd like to do that. But on top of that, I'd like to see them put out like uh, a program where you can go on your PC, you can go on your Mac, and as a DM, lay out the adventure and then upload it to your Oculus. That, to me, would make it a, a, a must-buy and make the Oculus a must-own. But... Uh, uh, it, it's it's intriguing. I see potential for that, but I'm having fun with Elven Assassins. I, I got to be honest with you. I enjoy killing shit. So, well, I, I made I made a, my first really big purchase in a while, and that's because my my grandson keeps uh, attempting to drag his grandpa into the 21st century. But but I I got this yesterday. So there's, this is this is my concession: the fact that I cannot see anything anymore on a tablet or phone. 
So I have a giant iPad now, and I made it big <laughs> letters. There's giant letters that I can see. So yeah. I, I'm excited about that. I've been fiddling with that all day. I'm thinking, why did I wait so long to get this? Because I've been sitting there trying to stare at my phone for the past, you know, two or three years. I should just got an iPad years ago. I, I I get rich an iPad Pro with the uh, touch keyboard, the one that has the uh, touchpad. <clears throat> she doesn't even use her desktop anymore. Even when she has to do like data entry for work, it's it's all on her iPad. She's like, this is awesome. And, and you know, Rich has low vision. Uh, she's like legally blind, so she can. You know, I, I she does she have a twenty seven inch computer screen? Yes. She'd rather use her thirteen inch iPad because she can zoom in on whatever she needs to look at, and then zoom out, and move on to the next part. So yeah, technology is it's huge. It really oh, it's yeah. amazing. Where's come, man? I wanted to throw something in here. I, this is totally unplanned, and I know Ben's not ready for this. Anybody's ready for this? I I just want to congratulate your son who became an Eagle Scout. Oh yeah. Oh and nice. That's, you know that's just it's tough. That's tough, man. And uh, oh yeah. And you've been doing the scouting for for quite a few years, and uh, I just I just was impressed. I mean, anybody that becomes an Eagle Scout has just that's that's a that's an amazing accomplishment. I have a couple of friends that have done it and it's, you know, it's a lot of work. And I, I was a boy scout and I'll tell you right now, I noped right out of Eagle Scout. I'm like, Nope, that's going to interfere with my partying on the weekends. And my, and my uh, well, yeah, Nope. I have too much partying to do when I was, you know, I was in high school. Couldn't, couldn't do that. So, but congratulations. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. We've been doing it 11 years now. Uh, it did take him 10. Luckily, um, he doesn't have an age limit. You know, if some of your listeners are going, how the hell did he do it for 10 years? Um, so he's got down syndrome for those who don't know that. Um, but, uh, he made Eagle and we gave it to him in February and it was fantastic ceremony. And he got up and did his speech and he was so proud. And, uh, we were, we're extremely proud of him, but he's actually gone like viral. Um, wow, so that's the Boy Scouts of America, you know, National Eagle Society put him up on their Twitter feed and it went to Brazil and <laughs> all this wow. other stuff. And he had like nice. you know, 10,000 likes. <laughs> so it was it was pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah. And actually, the um, <clears throat> somebody else did an article recently about him, uh, the pro, pro-life, you know, because a lot of kids with down syndrome get aborted and all that i don't want to get political but um you know they're like you know for people who don't think kids with down syndrome can do anything look at this and uh yeah we did uh order the arrow also as a matter of fact last saturday we did our brotherhood walk uh for order the arrow so those guys who know what that is out there so uh tim is tearing it up he's got like 44 merit badges (laughs) I want to say I had three. I had had archery, swimming, and I think first aid. That was it. I was was out of that too. I was like out after that. I was like, oh. I I tapped out at Weeblo. That's as far as I made it. (laughs) Weeblo. Weeblo, as far as I made it. It's like, wait a second. I got to do real shit after this? It isn't just like boxcar racing. And I almost drowned. Oh. I almost drowned during the swimming merit patch too. By the way, I passed that one. But they were about to throw in the the, the, the throw in the life preserver. I could. I was like, I can make it. So yes, your your son is amazing. He's an inspiration, man. That is absolutely freaking amazing. I, well, you know, you- he keeps me going. So. God bless. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't make Eagle when I was a kid. I only went so far, and and we moved, and I couldn't find a good troop, and out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that matters a lot, too, is, you know, the troop, because that was one of my reasons I kind of blew it off in high school, because my troop, it, it was through a nearby church, and um, it, it was, um, I don't know, it was hard to explain. I, I didn't belong to that church. I, it wasn't that I felt like I was an outsider, but these weren't people I went to school with or really friends. I only saw them on the weekends when we did scout stuff, so I didn't really feel a big connection, and when I got into high school, and I realized that, well, I can party and do other fun things with people I actually know, my friends. Now, if my friends had been the scouts, I probably would have stayed in the scouts, because I, I grew up with one group uh, from second grade on. We were we were in the scouts all the way through, I think, junior high, and then I went to this other group, and so that was a big part of it, is your group. I mean, if, you, if you're able to yeah. keep your group together and, and keep it going, that's a great mechanism for keeping you in the game. Yeah, because we moved, and I didn't know anybody in the new troop, and it didn't take long. And then I hit high school, and it was all over. You know, I, I got a car. and but it, Yeah, yeah the yeah. perfume and gasoline. Once they smell those, it's all over. Like, oh, that's too hard, man. That's way too hard. I can, go, I can go party in the week. And that, by the way, I was in high school. The drinking age in Texas was 17. So, you know, I, I was, you know, we were we were uh, completely out of, yeah, I was out of scouts by then at that point. It's like, nah, I don't need that. I got, I got other things to do on the weekend. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. congratulations to, to yourself. Oh, I think, yeah, thanks. That's it, absolutely it's amazing. Great. Uh, yeah. Great job. Not just by, that's not by him, but also for you. That's, uh, that's what hell of a parenting is. Ben, ben puts book. in a lot of time. There's a lot of times we have uh, game days at the, at the, uh, warehouse or things like that, and Ben can't attend because he's doing scout stuff. I mean, or, or I, oh, I can't be there that weekend. We're gonna we're on a a, scout, a camping trip. I mean, so he's he puts that first, man, which is the way it should be. I mean, his family, yeah. comes first and you know, Fa family comes first. Then, yeah. Matter of fact, this weekend we're going out on a train ride. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm last sorry. weekend I'm tearing up a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, tear it up! Don't tear up. No. <laughs> It's good stuff. We, old, we I, love get, it. I get so emotional that I'm old. I think my estrogen's too high. Yeah. I, I need some more testosterone. I'm, I'm stop, not going to touch that your wife. Don't touch that one. Don't one. take your wife's pills there, Mike. <laughs> you're, you're, me, you're getting me scared. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Pex dropped in. Oh, uh, Pexy. Sexy hey, Pex. Hey, yeah, he does know us. Oh, he didn't hear this bad stuff I said about Zach, which is good because because he's he's the kind of little guy who would run right to Zach and tell him everything I said. So yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> we I love John. John's I, great. I, yeah. I only say good things. I only say hey, good and things. John's coming to North Texas here, which is going to be yes, awesome. Yes, he is. Uh, and uh, I think John and I, uh, if things hold out the way I want them to, we, we may be roommates at ReaperCon again this year. Because uh, nice. we're going to uh, Frog Guy's going to go to ReaperCon, and I I want you to know, Pex, I put myself on the line for you, and I said that Pex needs to go, and they said, well, nobody would room with Pex, and I'm like, I'll room with Pex, but I get the better when you have to sleep on the sofa like usual, but but yeah, because uh, Pex, <laughs> Pex snores, young, you're he snores like a train coming you through can the share station. A bed. No, you cannot share a room with this man. The walls shake. He snores so loud, so nobody. Wait, wait, wait. Nobody wait, wait, time, time out. And, and not that I'm going to defend Pex. I haven't slept in a room with Pex. But I've slept in a room with you. And you snore. Like <laughs> He makes me sound like a little baby murmur. I, I had a bite, bite earplugs after that first night. I am telling right? you, the earplugs wouldn't work with Pex. You, you could, no. He snores loud. The only person I've 
They'll, okay, who stores louder than Pex? Gary Oliver stores louder than Pex. Gary Oliver's, for those who don't know, one of our buds and a friend of Dave. He doesn't snore that loud he at all. He snores horribly. He's horribly. I, I just roomed with him down at Long Con. I had no problem with Gary. That's, that's right. <laughs> By the way, you all, went to, you all did go to Long Con. Uh, you and Gary Douglas yeah. there. Um, great, great convention. What? Yeah, it is a good convention. The guys in uh, East Texas do a great job. Matt and um, Eddie, Matt and, um, fantastic. Eddie, and they're gonna they're gonna be in North Texas. They're they're actually special guests in North Texas. It's called quid pro quo. For those who don't know how that works, because um, <laughs> uh, Doug, Doug's a special guest at their convention. That's how this all works, folks. You know yeah. how it works. It's they like, only run a convention so that they can get into yours for free. I, right. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a scam. The whole convention is just a scam. If you ever wonder why the same people are special guests at every convention, <laughs> it's all a scam. Right it's there all you a scam. Go. Yeah. You have to write a book and get an award before they make you one. <laughs> so yeah, come come by and say hi to Pex. He does he does a lot of great work at um at Frog God. And despite what everybody says, Pex, I still like you there, and I, I want you. I want to keep you. I'm the one guy sitting there saying, "Don't fire Pex every Friday." So I mean, that's just me, you know, because I, I just believe he does a good job. <laughs> And, uh, Sorry, him on one yeah, Friday, not, not every Friday. <laughs> no, just the Fridays I remember. You know, the other some Fridays I don't remember to you know to say anything about them. So uh, those are probably the ones where he almost gets fired. I don't know, but no, Pex does a great job. He'll be at the con. That's going to be. Uh, we'll have a uh, Matt Finch at the con. We'll have um, uh, Zach at the con. So we'll, we'll uh, Frog got to be very well represented there. A uh, couple. I'm, oh, Jen will be there. Obviously, Jen Glazer. I'm pretty sure Susie's coming. Uh, Susie Mosby. So uh, we will have a pretty good selection of Frog God game people there. It's not going to be the Frog God Arama that it usually is, and a lot of that's because right. of COVID. COVID's changed the way we're doing conventions. It's changed the way that we're doing, you know, guesting at conventions. Um, and we're not the only company that, that a lot of companies have had to, you know. I mean, Ben, you're lucky because you're kind of a one man show. I mean, you do everything, and you know, oh so yeah, that's that's luck <laughs> just poured out. Everywhere, I love that. that you always, you always be able to. You always manage to find some minion, related or not, that actually helps you set up and helps your con help you. Yeah, a lot of times. It, well, like at Long Con, it was just me, but uh, I am going to have somebody helping me out at uh, North Texas, and Great. so the the pretty blonde that uh, y'all saw a couple of years ago. Say, you, uh, you always have a lovely lady. I don't know yeah. what you're doing right. <laughs> you always have a very lovely lady, whether it be a. A relative or not that helps you out. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, my daughter-in-law moved to Japan, so I can't. Oh, she I was can't real sweet. Her anyway. Oh, I her, loved. Uh, her I love her. She's real sweet. Uh, but Lauren, who was there uh, a few years back, Lauren's she's gonna all, all come. So. Lauren's great. Yeah, she's married now, she's though. Married now. <laughs> so that, that's a little bit. Yeah, it takes a little bit off there, but uh, you know. But still, she. Yeah, she's. And she's yeah, she's a great she's person. A she's an absolute sweetheart too. So yeah. Uh, yep. So that, that, that'll be good. Yeah, I just I have my grandson helping me get this year, and so for those who haven't seen him in two years, him at the con, you're gonna it's absolutely gonna blow your mind because he is you you wouldn't know he's 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 not the little guy running out of the convention anymore. He's right. as tall as he's as tall as his papa, and he's whip thin and looks like he's got a little he's trying to get this little mustache going, you know, like you know, oh, high school. Yeah. It's just, he just he looks like a dude, man. He's awesome. He's awesome. You got oh. my back, Mike. Yeah, just keep believing that. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you, I do, I do you, have your back. You, 
You rub his back, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't touch. No, Pex and I do not touch. We don't know use the bathroom at the same time. No, that's <laughs> no, no, no crossing the streams. No. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Ghostbusters reference in a really bad, bad way. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. Yes, and juvenile. But oh, we, 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 just a little pimp here. So aren't we all just twelve-year-old boys? <laughs> yeah, I think so. As as we continue our guests in North Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> One last have, call out. We have um, we have Alex Kamer next week. We have, and I am super excited to have Alex on the show because he's just one of those guys. That Al, Eric and I didn't think we were going to ever be able to get. Yep, I was said, I was hinting at it, but I wasn't going to yeah. name him until the so show because Alex Kamer uh, will be here next week, and then we have a special surprise guest for the last week of the month that we're crossing our fingers about. We're not going to announce him yet, but uh, <laughs> we're hoping everything works out. So, so, right. so uh, Ben, tell us once again about Corsairs of Cthulhu as we um, head on out here. Well, it's it's going to be a big book uh, that's uh, covering. It's a source book for running pirates, whether you want to run the campaign or not, but it'll give you everything you need to run uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, as pirates, um, you know, whether you want to run your own ship or, you know, be freelancers or whatever. And then there's also going to be the campaign, uh, which is going to be a, a good chunk of the book. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. I think everybody's going to really love it. So it's the best Kickstarter I've ever had. So thank you all my backers out there who are listening, if you're there. Uh, and uh, I hope you'll really. It's already funded. Um, yeah. and, oh, and, this, and this man here has a hundred percent uh track record of uh, his stuff coming out, so no worry, no Ken Whitman's here. This is gonna, this will definitely. Oh, come yeah. Out. So yeah. I, I've run gosh, what almost two dozen Kickstarters now, and I haven't had any. I've had two be one month late, and that's it, everything else has been on time or early. And so I have yeah, a, a great a track, track record, record, you know, and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, we hate them being late. Well, my, I don't let my stuff be late. It gets out the door. So um, I'm, I'm very disciplined about that. And so, uh, but yeah, this is the great, the best we've ever done. We're very happy with it uh, for Cthulhu book. You know, of course, D&D stuff can do better if you hit the right markets. But uh, for Cthulhu, this is a pretty good size. Uh, chunk so and we still have uh another eight days left so plenty of time for yeah. people to jump in so very nice man i i i i have been looking at it and i, I don't budget myself i just i just spend gratuitously on the uh <laughs> as, as my super backer numbers will prove so uh yeah i think before i go to sleep tonight this will be added to my uh back list but i think i want the uh the 3D map piece sent to me because I'm not getting a 3D printer in this lifetime. <laughs> I don't think you can afford them now. I think it's one of those other things that, like cars and computers or whatever. I don't think they have they have the computer chips for those anymore. Um, I did not know about this until my wife really bought a new car and she was told the next new cars are going to be in, in two months. And then the one she wanted, the Kia Sorento, they had a two, two year long wait because really? uh, apparently wow. uh, computer chips are at a premium. So anything, phones, computers, uh, cars, anything that runs on a computer chip is late and, and, and way behind because of this. So um, Interesting. Yeah, probably not going to be doing any 3d printers anytime soon. I would think. Yeah. That's, wow. uh, that sucks. You know, boats are also way behind. 
You know, they were talking about it on the news the other day. That if you want a new boat, you got to wait at least six months. It's got a, so. it's got a computer chip in there. Anything with a computer chip, man, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. It's it's all it's all bad. Interesting. It's all bad for computer chips. Oh, yeah, and Eric, yeah. uh, Eric, there was something that that you wanted to. Oh God, now now I'm gonna I'm feel like an idiot because I interrupted myself and I forgot what I was going to say. It was, <laughs> it was something that I knew that Eric wanted to talk about that I guess we're just going to have to leave oh, to the imagination. Because right. We'll, 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 we'll leave it until... Uh, oh, uh, no, I can't I, remember. You know, I... I, I, don't, I, I, chips for cars, I, I don't... No, listen. Oh, I, I did announce that source in which we continue to light second oh, that printing. Was it, yeah. okay, there you go. That was it, yeah. Oh, I did, but we didn't... Yeah, but yeah, the second printing should be coming out. I'm going to guess late August or September, uh, the team is being assembled. Actually, as we were doing the live stream, I uh, had somebody uh, tell me that I have maps in my email. So uh, it's going to be digest-sized. The rules are not going to change, but there should be additional content. The great thing about digest-sized, it can fit in the Swords and Wizards. It'll fit in the book. New covers being commissioned uh, from James Shields. Who's also going to do a new logo? And Jane Spawn's going to be doing a micro setting and an adventure. So I think kind of like B2, but smaller and written by a Spawn. And uh, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll take feedback. If you guys want magic items uh, put in there, we, we, we could do some of that stuff, but we'll see. But we're not changing the rules. If you already have the first printing, you know, it's going to be some additional content, but the rules themselves aren't changing. You're fine with what you have. So, uh, yeah, that's, that sounds great. Maybe we'll see Torchlight one of these days. You never know. Uh, Torchlight issue one is actually uh, in the hands of the editor. Oh, oh no, that's, that's that's actually. However, my editor works for companies like oh, I don't know, Troll Lord and Frog God oh, and, oh, and 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 others. So um, I believe that this week it'll actually be looked at. <laughs> it's laid. It's laid out. It's actually laid out. What we have to do is tweak it that he as the editing happens. So I was talking with uh, my layout artist, Jeff Jones. I said, listen, before we start working on Torchlight 2, I've had numerous requests to get Swords and Wizard Continual Light out in digest form. And I got, and then Jane Spahn was like badgering me about it in a good way. And I told James, and I, and I, I said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make you put your money in the, where your mouth is. If you want this, this is what I want from you. And he was like, all right, yeah, sure. I went, what, you're going to give me a micro setting and an adventure? He goes, yeah. I'm like fuck. I guess we're doing this. So you, uh, you know, I just made a you know few uh, reached out to a few uh, people, and uh, we 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 are getting our team assembled. So uh, I I am thrilled, and uh, I think the great thing about it is I can't be the part that fucks this up, and nobody else on the team will fuck it up. My part's already done. I've already written my material, so my part's done, and my rest of my team is much more professional than I am. So uh, I feel we're in very good hands. So, but I, listen, I did I did the layout on the uh, first printing, and the best compliment I heard, well, I heard it was serviceable and adequate. <laughs> serviceable and adequate. That's what so, I always want to hear. <laughs> your serviceable, book was serviceable. <laughs> your layout was adequate. Like, All right. Well, you know what? It's adequate. All right. <laughs> I am not a layout artist. That that is for sure. So at least it wasn't your layout was shit. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I could have gotten that. I mean, honestly. So, and uh, yeah, actually, uh, James, James Shields, uh, he's going to start the uh, cover. Again, it's, 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 I'm commissioning a brand new cover. It's not going to be uh, licensed stock art like James's first cover was, which was awesome. But uh, no, it's going to be, uh, you know, brand new, full color cover. And uh, the internal art is going to be, be uh, art that we haven't used before. Whether it's going to be black and white or color, I'm still talking with my corroborators on this and getting feedback from the community. I, I like both, so I don't know which way I want to go. But, uh, you know, I uh, we'll see. So, folks, we, we, did, we did a week, and we didn't even mention Whitman, and we actually had Whitman news. We're going to have to save it for next week. Oh, oh yeah. We, oh, we, yeah. We, we, we didn't even cover it because that sets Eric off for a good 30 minutes. Oh, usually, yeah, so. no, yeah, no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> new segue there. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come back to the uh, – Oh, yeah. We'll oh, yeah. Ooh, we'll come back to that one. We'll, we'll spin around next week. I'm, he well, has so ruined Kickstarter for so many Oh, people. my God. But don't worry. Your pencil not, dice are going to be in the mail. Oh, no, no. Oh, deck yeah. cards. Deck cards. Deck cards are coming out in July. Oh, there yeah. Uh, I bet. Oh, yeah. He's, he updated. So, the, he updated. He's, he's you sent in your resume for a part in this movie there? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Oh, God. There, 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 was, there wasn't a part for personal jackass. <laughs> we're not we're not union, so that'd been per we're perfect. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're not, there you go. We're not and we're, we're probably oh. not now we're not willing to work for a hundred dollars a day though. But, you know, we're probably right. Yeah, that's probably hundred dollars yeah. a day plus accommodations. So yeah, you, you, you'd be lucky if you got that. I guarantee you. We will talk. <laughs> I promise. We will. After we can talk to professional Alex Cameron, the most professional man in gaming, we'll try to segue into, yeah. into, into women. And, 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 and if Alex decides that he needs to tap out before we go there, we understand. We'll probably let him because yeah, they, it, can yeah. Get, it can get ranty. We can get we can get Eric very ranty. Oh, so. oh God! Oh. But Alex is kind of, he's coming to um, North Texas, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's a special guest. Yeah, he will definitely be there. So we're excited about seeing him. Yeah. Um, he just had his, just had birthday today, by the way. So yeah, he's he's a and, and he he's the kind of guy that you you know he really makes you he, you look at him you're like going because he's like he's ripped and he's like he runs marathons and he eats like you know only vegetables. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, he makes everybody you know he makes us all just feel like we're just like absolute garbage, you know. So, <laughs> but he's, he's nice about it. He's nice about making. But you are absolute garbage. So I mean, that's not like it's a stretch of anything. Come on. That's, that's yeah. I actually got to spend quite a bit of time with him at the last uh, last year in North Texas, and we sat and had a few beers and drinks. And I'm like, "Oh, by the way, I'm Ben Burnt." He goes, "I know who you are." I'm like, "You're kidding me! <laughs> I you have no idea who I am." <laughs> uh, he does. Runs cable. Let's go. He who I am. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, always good stuff. So. Definitely. Well, ben, thank you so much for joining us. As you can tell, it was a, it, it, it's an episode, excellent episode. I'm getting tongue tied. So it's much excellent episode. Yeah, so but much more professional than our loser last <laughs> yeah. week, Jason Brock. Yeah, I mean, so we're, much more we're over two hours, and it's like we could keep on going. Oh, yeah. oh so. I could go longer, but 
I think the wife is going, it's time to get off. <laughs> yes, yes. I think, I think my wife, or my niece in the background, I'm sure, is like, Uncle, I'm all, you picked me up. Why aren't we doing anything? Uh, folks, thank you for watching. I want to thank everybody in the uh, live audience that participated. Excellent. If you're watching this, please subscribe, like, comment. It, it all helps the algorithm. We're doing great, by the way. Uh, picking up uh, subscribers and views. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up. We're moving in on that $500 to be donated to the community. We're, we're getting yes, paid. yes. We hit 500 subscribers. I give away $500 and drive through RPG monies. So we're, we're at 452 last I checked. So we're getting, we're getting close, folks. We're getting close. None of us are medical professionals. So all I'm going to ask is use your common sense when it comes to the world of COVID. You know. Hopefully we're going to see light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting there, right? I, I'm immunized. I can go out without a mask. And I'll tell you, it's getting to the point where I probably say, "Fuck you!" I'm going out without a mask. So I'm glad I can do it without having to say "f you." Um, be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And uh, knock on wood, I will be back again tomorrow with another episode. All right, folks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right, later, everybody.